0: Fluctuating electric quantity. K-U-S-S-O.
1: Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now.
2: And good morning to you. It is 2 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 5. And this is the month of August in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly really ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. My microphone sounds exceptionally uh, crisp and clear today. The presence on my microphone cannot be, uh, cannot even be explained. It's so unbelievably, uh, so unbelievably, uh, it's, hold on. There's a switch on the side of the side of it. There we go. All right. And in any event, it's 503 228 4101. If you would, uh, like to join us telephonically speaking, you can also email. It's rick at rickemberson.com. Rick at rickemberson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or, uh, our production assistant, uh, Greg Nibbler, can be reached at nibbler, N I B L E R at KUFO.com. If you want to text, you can do that. It's 520-51. 52051. Uh, coming up later on in the program, we'll talk to uh, Mr. Skin from Mr. Skin.com about all that is new in the world of celebrity nudity. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here uh, with another installment of Food Porn. We have a pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock, Part 3. Uh, the Pedal to the Metal Tour starring Mudbane, Black Label Society, Static X, and more. That is coming up Sunday, August 2030. You can find that more at KUFO.com, so we'll have a pair of tickets to that, and uh, we've got a pair of tickets for you to hear The Cult perform the uh, Love Album in its entirety at The Roseland. That is uh, Tuesday, August 25th. So at some point during today's show, you will hear Tim Riley reciting lyrics by The Cult. When you hear Tim Riley reciting cult lyrics, you're to be caller 10, which means not now. It means later. Uh, You'll be caller 10. When you hear Tim Riley reciting cult lyrics, you win yourself a pair of tickets to The Cult at The Roseland. It's all very exciting. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Also, penis watch coming up today. Let's see. We've got the casket story from yesterday that we didn't get to. Do you have this thing about the man who was beaten and robbed after he rejected a toothless woman's sexual advances? I do not, no. All right, fantastic. How about this? Do you have the third story inside of a month about the cops setting a guy on fire when he douses himself with something flammable, then it hit him with a taser? I must, but there are several of these going on. It, People are combusting everywhere. This one... This one—it's an epidemic. This one comes with a great mugshot, in which he looks like a cross between Getty Lee from Rush, uh, Jesse James Dupree from the '90s band Jackal, and um, Alfred Packer, uh, the cannibal who ate all of his uh, the companions uh, in Colorado. We've got that. And finally, do you have man assaults family when Uno game goes bad? I don't have that one. All right, here you go. We're going to get to... Uh, it
3: can be quite competitive.
2: It can't. Well, Uno is one of those games, especially if you live in certain communities, that tends to be popular beyond all proportion, like Monopoly. Oh, which I used leads to play to...
3: Sorry, and I would I would probably murder somebody over Sorry. Well, oh, that's at
2: the end of stabbing somebody in the eyes. Yeah. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Hicks-Dylan. How are you today?
3: Hello, I'm doing well. Time to go to bed. Um like at nine thirty
2: see that's exactly what I did so had did you stay up did you nap? or did you
3: I did not nap.
2: so you made it all the way through I, the day I
3: tried to yeah I felt fine yesterday and then this morning I woke up and I like I hit snooze I was just like oh mm. man I cannot do this today definitely a napping day
2: well because the thing about it is when you because you came in Sunday night or uh, rather Tuesday night at around midnight and then you were here yesterday but yesterday you were actually so tired that the part of your brain that is cognizant of the fact that you're under under you know rested that you're that you're exhausted is just turned off and you don't even have the energy. It's like when your car is so low powered that the you know, the gas meter you know the uh, the the gas uh, register tank thing. I can't even speak today. What is the thing I'm talking about?
3: The gas. The light fuel. Thing fuel gauge.
2: Fuel gauge. There you go. What did Jen Lane call it? The gasometer. Yes. When your gasometer doesn't even work. So yesterday you're so exhausted that I know you're exhausted today. You're just awake enough to realize how tired you are.
3: I know. Yeah. Yesterday it was fun i was delirious all day long in, like a little happy like delirium bubble
2: in a happy place of exhaustion and, and wonder
3: today it's just exhaustion
2: <laughs> uh we have this email uh, right out of the gate from mike mike says uh if i could get a shout out to all the mics at safeway on mlk and ainsworth i would be very appreciative he says, uh, "Mike Rapp is the guy's name." Hangs the price tags, deals with store to play uh, displays while listening uh, on his radio in the morning. And I am a rabid podcaster during the overnight shift and the live show listener when I'm heading out to the gorge to hike in the morning. So, hello to all the mics uh, at the Safeway, at MLK, and Ainsworth. Greetings to you and salutations. Hello. Five zero three 503-228-4101. Let's pay an early morning uh, visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news
4: with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 507. Temperatures will be dropping back into the high 70s today. Ryan Alexander Jenkins could be in the northwest. Places searching the waters of Washington State and Canada. Looking for the former boyfriend of the California model whose beautiful dead body was found in a suitcase in a dumpster. Jenkins could be trying to cross the border into Canada.
2: What beautiful... I, have I missed it? Yes. This, yes. Is Did this happen story? while I was
4: gone? No, it's been happening in the last couple of days. It's another beautiful uh, model with uh, fake boobs
2: and... She was like
3: a Playboy model, uh, right?
2: Yeah, of... Uh, uh, on smile. Oh, she's the I was going to say she's the blonde. She doesn't chick, look and it, real. She it sounds, looks like a doll. It sounds like I'm making a gag when I say that, you know, though, she's the blonde girl from Playboy. But I do know who you're talking about. Yeah. She was she posed in like 2005, maybe yeah. something like that, a couple of years ago. OK, and she's was she and, another and, Playboy girl with some nutcase boyfriend, allegedly. Yes.
4: And he was on a reality show. Of course, he was, he, he was the one that the ladies wanted to date. Really?
2: Ironically. Yes. So is this like another star 80 thing? In Dorothy Stratton has some... Uh, well, these are just allegations, mind Well, no, I'm not saying it's the case. I'm just saying, theoretically, is that the is that the story that is being mm-hmm. floated by the, the authorities? Somewhat, or yes. Who are perhaps looking for this fine, upstanding gentleman mm-hmm. who may or may not have stuffed his girlfriend into a trunk? All right. Well, if you see him... You a know. suitcase. Yeah, I'm sorry, a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, uh, if you lay eyes on him, probably best just to leave him alone. Uh, Please, uh, people are being pestered
4: continuously in downtown Portland by solicitors... The ACLU defends the irritations, but that's not stopping Commissioner Randy Leonard from trying to tame the panhandlers. He'll be unsuccessful. The price tag at a new downtown park has tripled. This is the one that's been in, uh, under construction for the longest time. Now it's across the street from the Fox Theaters. It was supposed to cost $2 million, Now it's $6 million. And the cost of maintenance will be $475,000 a year. And this is a parking garage? Is this the one? There's by the... a parking garage underneath it, and then there's a park on
2: top, like an actual park, like a. It's across the
4: street from the Guild Theater, between the Guild Theater and the Fox Theater.
2: You mean a park like a let's go fly a kite and have family togetherness park? Yeah, it's not quite big enough for for a, a kite, but right. sitting. Okay. So it's it's kind of by the uh, Flying Elephant Delicatessen. I'm not sure what the flying elephant is. Is it where we saw the Bobby movie with what's his yes, name maybe from was Dawson's all, Creek? Remember, it was all fenced off. We were up yeah. against the fence. And it was just a big hole in the ground for the right. longest time. So, is it actually is it done? I guess so. How is it that I've missed that? Well, I guess I don't really know. Nobody pays attention to that area. And have you noticed this? We haven't
3: been there in like two years. And
2: because of the construction downtown, did you all just get into the Pavlovian habit of... of, It'll never be finished. That's the thing. You would start to drive to to downtown, and you would immediately... You would get preemptively angry and stressed out or confused, or at least I would, because you would just assume that you were going to stumble blindly into some hornet's nest of construction. And so I I got into the habit of just going around. Mm. I can't remember the last time I actually drove through downtown unless I absolutely had to. Because I I just assumed that it was just going to be ensnarled and completely pointless. Mm. All right, here's Tim Ryan. It's either construction workers,
4: panhandlers, or other smelly people pestering everyone.
2: By the way, I do believe when she's uh, here later on at seven o'clock, Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week. Uh, so she'll have another installment of food porn. But I I'm fairly certain that one of the stories she's covering, you know, that Willamette has another their new issue is this business where Randy Leonard is trying to get because it's not just panhandlers. I mean, it's like it's like those guys with clipboards, that are always approaching you. So annoying, like like the people at the Lloyd Center. Yeah, well, but see, those guys, I think, actually have the permission of the mall to be there, right? Because the mall is private property, and so I think that's the. I don't think there's anything you can do about it. It's one
4: of their businesses,
2: right? That's because it's like a survey company or something, right? Where they, I don't know, where they want to have you come sit in the room and answer questions about Yeah, see, the Lloyds and the other. ones don't
3: mind me. The ones on Hawthorne annoy the crap out of me.
2: They're downtown. They've spread into the downtown area because Lara and I were down by, um, kind of like by uh, by borders. You know, there's like that, you know, by 3rd or whatever. There's like the Bally's Gym or something there. and There's that restaurant, that uh, that Jack's place. So we were down there and somebody, this happened to me actually just about three weeks ago. A woman approached us with a clipboard and she said what i thought at first was a joke she said can i talk to you about saving the whales and i thought it was like it was a goof mm-hmm. because it because the phrase save the whales became such shorthand for all of those environmental causes i mean save the whales is a very i mean sarah probably didn't remember this but that's an mm-hmm. 80s that that phrase became an 80s cliche where that was used to represent you know, like if you wanted to talk about people who were always bothering you with things about nature and the earth and conservation, you would use the phrase "save for way," you know, "save the whales." That became the stand-in for all that. And so when she said that, I thought she was kind of screwing with me, like she was being sort of meta about the whole thing. But no, she was actually from Greenpeace, and she wanted me to to save the whales by signing something or other. And the connection between signing the thing on the clipboard and the whales being saved is always sort of tenuous at best. Like I can never really explain kind of how you get from it's sort of like a And then B through, like, X or possibly Y is just sort of vague. And then Z, like, whales saved. Here's uh, Tim Riley.
4: An air traffic controller was joking on the phone about barbecuing a dead cat before that small plane collided with that tour helicopter in New York City while you guys were there. Nine people, three members of a Pennsylvania family in the plane, and five Italian tourists in the helicopter died. The government draft showed uh, shortly after the controller at Teterboro Airport in Jersey cleared the piper for takeoff. He made a phone call to the airport's operations center and remained on the phone till after, just before the plane collided. He was talking to his girlfriend about barbecuing a dead cat. He said, quote, We got plenty of gas in the grill. Fire up the cat. Oh, disgusting. Ah, that thing is disgusting. Uh, responded the girlfriend. The banter continued until the controller was contacted by a newer controller uh, concerned about aircraft in the path of the piper.
2: And uh, he, then he hung up, and it was a bit too late. Why would you be talking about it? I mean, I know that's a, the, the, the smallest of the issues here, but why would you be talking about barbecuing a dead cat? Like, was there context that made that uh, understandable? Apparently, a dead cat was found at the airport oh, in I New Jersey. See. It, was, uh, were, it was sort of, it was a, a, little talking sort of a gag. Yeah. All right, straight ahead, we will talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, because I think the... So from what I read, I guess all of the auto dealers now, I think auto dealers are asking the the government just to end the cash for clunkers thing. So we've got that paired with the fact uh, that every time they have any discussion about health care now, it just just descends into shouting and Nazi references. It it hasn't since the... uh... The Bernie the Barney Frank thing. Since Barney Frank put the smack down as only he can. It just died after that. Uh, At least it died yesterday. Oh, and the word is they might be serving uh, Michael Jackson's uh, doctor with papers today. Be listening for more back up to the Rick
1: Emerson this. show on Rock 101
2: KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show.
1: They attacked me like a such a mad wolf, and it sticks forward. I thought I was gonna die. Because they were like rabbit animals.
5: The Rick Emerson Show returns.
2: It is the Rick Emerson radio program on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101. 503 228 4101. Coming up later on the day, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and from the Willamette Week, Kelly Clark with Food Porn. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning
4: from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 525 now. Temperatures will be dropping down till the upper 70s today. So the heat wave is more or less officially over. The real estate bust means those who bought those expensive South Waterfront condos paid way too much for them a couple years back. And those that remain unsold at the 23-story Atwater Place will be auctioned off. Originally priced as much as three hundred seventy-five thousand, opening bids will be one hundred sixty-nine thousand. Today, in nineteen eighty-nine, hard to believe, twenty years ago, Save by the Bell debuted on NBC. It originated from the Disney Channel's Good Morning, Miss Bliss. The final episode aired May twenty-second, nineteen ninety-three, on NBC. Miss Bliss, I love her. Mm-hmm. It produced the spinoffs of Save by the Bell, the College Years, and Save by the Bell, the New Class. All disasters. In 2006, Cartoon Network's Adult Swim announced that Saved by the Bell was back in production due to, quote, the popularity of the show thanks to the fans of Adult Swim. The announcement was revealed to be a joke
2: a week later. (laughs) Shattering the hearts of millions from coast to coast.
3: Did you guys ever watch the Saved by the Bell wedding?
2: No. No, I did not.
3: No, no, I didn't I'm, either. That would be totally lame.
2: I also don't own the Degrassi Junior High box set. Yes. So the, I, that was a thing that I'm... Because uh, Nibbler watched Save, but did you watch Saved by the Bell. Is that you that I'm thinking of? Yeah, see, I think I'm just a couple years too old for that.
3: Oh, I watched Saved by the Bell every single day when I was growing up for years.
2: It was... Well, because... Now, when was that show on? I mean, it wasn't like a primetime show. So when... when was on Saturday It was a Saturday, Saturday morning show. Is that thing? So it wasn't syndicated. It It was, started
3: on Saturday mornings, and then it, they would play it every day when I'd get home after school.
2: Excellent. So you would have yeah. been how old when you watched say by the Bill?
3: Um, like sixth grade on, fifth grade on.
2: Uh, so I'm trying to think if there was any sort of equivalent. And I, and I watched, watched it there all was. the way through
3: the college years. Did you? It was you? terrible. You mean
2: the actual spin-off, the college and then, years? And then
3: the Vegas wedding where uh, Zach and Kelly go to Vegas to get married, but then, you know, crazy shenanigans ensue.
2: Please tell me there was a laugh track to the Vegas wedding. Was that a, was that a movie or no, was that an actual series? There was series? not
3: a laugh track to the movie, to the... Vegas. It was like a made-for-TV, Say by the Bell movie. Excellent. Yes.
2: Well, that's the sort of track record th- that all of those shows, they follow the same arc. Right? Uh, the show will air, then it will come back in a series of what purport to be one-off TV movies. And then if the TV movies do well enough, then they bring it back for the, the, the sort of sequel series, for the follow-up. And it, the, for the follow-up series, you can only really ever get about 60% of the cast back. Because there's 40, like 30% of the cast don't want to be type, you know, they don't want to be typecast as that character. They want to be able to branch out. 10% of the cast are in jail or have drug problems. Mm-hmm. And so then they have to either A, have different actors play the same characters, which is what they did on, the, like, the Gilligan's Island thing. Or they'll just, you know, in other words, if there's like five main cast members, but you can only get three back, you'll augment that that core group, by just getting new characters that you fold in and you pretend that they've sort of been there all along in the world, like it's so-and-so's brother-in-law or whatever, even though you never saw him before. That's Um, what the Bradys all did.
3: In the college years, uh, both uh, Elizabeth Berkeley and uh, whoever played Lisa Turtle, I can't remember her name, uh, Lark Voorhees. Yes. Yeah, they both didn't uh, go on to the college years.
2: Elizabeth Berkeley was busy with her acting career. (laughs)
3: Yeah, so they were just kind of written off, but the rest of them did.
2: All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the uh, news desk.
4: So Jon Stewart goes on the television to give some props to Barney Frank for yelling at ladies. Oops. It's my fault over here. I hadn't turned this on yet. Let's see. Turn thing on.
3: Why do you continue to support a Nazi policy as
6: Obama
7: has expressly supported this policy? Why are you supporting
2: it?
6: Yeah, why don't people talk more about the Nazis' health plan reforms? (laughs) Seems it was overshadowed by something. I <laughs> can't remember what that was. But that lady made
2: a bit of a miscalculation, considering she was facing Barney Frank, Democrat from Kiss Mom, Massachusetts.
3: Why are you supporting it? Let
5: me, uh, you supporting- When you ask me that question, I am going to revert to my ethnic heritage and answer your question with a question. With On what planet do you spend most of your time?
2: Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently, a planet where a mixed race president and a gay Jew qualifies Nazis. That's fantastic. And the thing yeah. about Barney Frank is, he's just been through, I think, so much, both prefer- you know, the, the personally and politically and professionally. He just doesn't care anymore. I think the guy, yeah. and he's successful enough and wealthy enough at this point, he just doesn't give a rip. And plus, he knows. That in Massachusetts he's never going to get kicked out of office. I mean, he'll just be there. They're going to keep electing him forever and ever and ever uh, until the end of uh, recorded time. So, like, what does he care? And plus, yeah. Uh, and also, he's at one of these uh, town hall meetings where you get, you know, like the two or three sort of uh, wingnuts who uh, from the from the extreme are sort of there screeching in the background. So, really, you have nothing to lose. It's not like he's ever going to get that woman's vote anyway. So, I mean, right. he alienates, uh, you know, the jackass contingent. Like, who cares?
4: Oh, speak of Nazis. One of our original Nazi rocket scientists, they came to America to put us on the moon, has died, Walter Jacoby, played a role in developing the Army's Redstone rocket program. Uh, he was brought here by Operation Paperclip. That's when we went in and took most of the scientists, and the communists took
2: the rest of them. That's so like, we went up and we just divvied them up. Yeah. It was sort of like you picking... You you could have. Was it like uh, picking teams for softball, except they were Nazis, and it wasn't so much softball as mm-hmm. it was rockets? Uh, we went Werner von Braun. Damn! Like he was the sort of the, and he's the first round draft pick. And so as a result, like the uh, you know the Soviets got to get like the next like five uh, you know Nazis. Mm-hmm.
4: And it was uh, Germany's V two rocket. The V two rocket, which they used to bomb London, they used that same technology to put man on the moon. That's right. It's the friendly Adam Tim. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: have you ever read? Well, you've have you read the right stuff? Were we talking about this the other day, or have you just yes. seen the movie? I've I've seen the movie, but I've, I've never read it. The, the right stuff, which is the book by Tom Wolfe, uh, on which they based the movie, the same name, which is about the American space race and blah 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 and all that stuff. They tell the greatest story, and it's a thing that I I, I saw a follow up on. God, it was like in the I don't is in the New Yorker or something. They did a follow up on this, but they talked about how throughout the Cold War, you know, there was either the United States and the Soviets were racing to see who could get to the moon and who could orbit the Earth and who could like you know who could, who could shoot like some like a gerbil into space or whatever it was. And so the you know, United States had this whole gigantic space program, and you know they were they were national heroes, and they would roll them out, and we would talk about the men who were working, uh, you know, at NASA or whatever. Whereas in the Soviet Union, it was also faceless because it was for the glory of Mother Russia that they just had this guy called. The Chief Architect. And nobody knew who he was. That's the only thing he was ever identified as, is the Chief Architect. And uh, there was some article, I know, about like six months or so ago, that they, had, they finally unmasked who the guy was, and they revealed his name for the first time. Because he was just this weird, faceless, nameless, sort of brainiac behind the scenes uh, that worked with everything. Then, of course, surrounded by, you know, Nazis. Here's uh, Tim Riley.
4: Oh, we are talking about uh, people standing on the wings of airplanes yesterday. Well, in Britain, there's a record-breaking daredevil, an eight-year-old wing walker. Yes, uh, apparently his relatives are all for him, walking on the wings of planes while they're in flight. Tiger's been asking to do this from, since he was three years old. And I've always said, no, you've got to be bigger, and until you fit the straps properly, you know. About six months ago, he said to me, well, Grandad, can I do it this summer? I said, well, we'll have to see, we'll have to see. He said, well,
5: Grandad, I've told my friends I'm going to do it. I said, well, we we'll still have to see, we'll have to see if you fit into the aeroplanes.
4: Well, he did. I, I don't understand what we're talking he, about here. He's standing on the wings of airplanes while they're flying
2: in the air and he's eight years old. Oh, this is one of those barnstorming guys where yes. the biplane is, is going along and the kid is sort of mounted on top of it like he's some sort of a hood ornament. Uh huh. That's kind All of right. awesome. Well, speaking of that, the air show is coming back again at the
4: uh, end of the month. Is that right over your house? Yes, that's where the plane crashed that time.
2: Oh, not so much over your house then.
4: No, it, it's in the immediate vicinity.
2: Sort of to the rear. They they, they guaranteed us that no more planes (laughs) will be coming down to the neighborhood. Is that the thing that takes place 15 feet under your house, Tim? I can never remember. All right. Straight ahead, we have uh, more from Tim Riley coming up in the next hour. We'll talk to Cena Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Uh, Also, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Kelly Clark with another installment of Food Porn. And later on, Jim Root. Plus, It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. It's all on the way to the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from Portland.
1: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
2: The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Goddamn dog dedication! Get me my photos! Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101-503-228-4101. coming up at six twenty. Seeing a radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins, will talk to us. I'm gonna get like an over under from her on how long until there's some sort of violent face off between the Secret Service and these uh, gun toting morons who are always standing outside the Obama thing. Because here's the deal: it because has nothing to do with ideology. You know, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, the government just doesn't like it when people start to get the. If you start to get too obnoxious with the government, that's something. People say, well, there's nothing that can broach the partisan divide between the two parties, and that's not true. Uh, It is the idea that government ought to be in charge and be uh, sort of the final word on everything all the time. That's what will bring everything together. So you begin to screw with any part of the government too heavily, and the parties will join together long enough uh, to put you in jail. So I'm waiting for one of these guys just to get a little too obnoxious and just to see the Secret Service just beat them into a fine powder outside the uh, the town hall thing.
4: Oh, the crazy lady at the Barney Frank thing turned out to be a Lyndon LaRouche follower. A
2: Lyndon LaRouche They're follower. They're still
4: out there. And he's sending his people out to disrupt
2: these things. Wow. All right. And that, he he did some serious prison time. Lyndon LaRouche. Lyndon LaRouche. That's a B, from the seventies. Sure, being a I'm here to support John Delorean. I mean, this just doesn't right. make this doesn't make any sense. I saw that the guy who was carrying the um, the guy who was carrying the AR-15, the rifle carrying guy in Phoenix, mm-hmm. turned out to be I don't know some I don't know some wing job who, who was a part of the uh, remember those militia things that were happening in the early and mid nineties. Yeah, I mean we're cutting some weird sort of a Groundhog Day. Uh, thing, where everything is Bill Clinton's fault and a bunch of guys are sitting together in an Airstream trailer in Montana deciding that this is the, you know, it's the end times, and so we've got to start gathering canned goods and picketing. Uh, Mr. Skin will join us later on, also seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roop and another installment of uh, It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. This email says, uh, hey Rick, uh, best show ever. I have a question for you. In Gleaming the Cube, what is the cube and who is gleaming it? I don't really know the answer to that, so Gleaming the Cube, which is the skater film from when did that come out? Like 80? Theater,
3: like Kung Fu film.
2: Is It like 87, something, 87, 88?
3: Was it right after? Who's Pump in Gleaming the
2: Cube? It's Christian Slater, Christian but, there's, Slater yeah. but there's somebody else in there, too, that I hadn't, there's somebody else in there that I'd forgotten about. It wasn't Corey, it wasn't one of the Corys, was it? Hey, Greg Nibbler, who else is in Gleaming the Cube? I have no idea, to be honest. Isn't there somebody in Gleaming the Cube that went on to be famous? I mean, it's not Christian Slater, though. It's, like it's, his
3: brother or something?
2: Maybe. It was, it's somebody else who went on to be notable. I don't know. Somebody will figure it out. Anyway, so there was a cube that was being gleamed, but I don't really I don't really know what that means. I'm assuming, because I haven't seen that for the longest time, I'm assuming that gleaming the cube is some sort of escape move, and maybe it's a escape move that nobody could do. Is that the deal? There's only one man I ever saw I gleam so. the cube. I saw him gleam the cube back in 75, and you know, now he doesn't have any legs. And then I'm at like- the end, Christian Slater has to glean the cube to save the rec center from being torn down by the by the rich guy who wants to put up condos and to win the love of a, of a beautiful girl. I remember that. But see, I'm just making it all up. That's my thing. But I am speculating, though, simply based on the context, that that's exactly what it was. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of movies else. like that. Right, well, we'll figure it out. World Boogie was like that. Every movie is like that. We went through... The, you know what else was like that? Was that movie uh, Hot Dog, which was this, the skiing, like, yeah. sex comedy from the uh, from the late 80s, where there was always... They always set it up in the first third of the film where there's some move... That is done in that particular sport that no one can do. And there's always a guy who did that move 20 years ago, but it worked out like he's dead now. Like, you know, he's paralyzed or, you know, like they do this in Iron Eagle, too, which is one of your favorite movies. Not Iron Eagle, too, but in Iron Eagle. Also, that's where uh, he's trying to uh, navigate the plane past Devil's Face, which is where Jimmy Branson bought it. And then, you know, he's able to do it because he's, uh, you know, because he's Jimmy Masterson or whatever his name is i got to find myself a life and quit watching movies like this. Let's uh, pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim
5: Riley.
4: Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. It is 548 temperatures. We'll be dropping back into the high 70s today. What good is it being a public official if you can't be caught having a torrid affair? And you always do. Marin County Sheriff Russ Isham has resigned after an investigation showed, quote, substantial evidence of official misconduct as a result of the sheriff trying to conceal a personal impropriety. Unquote. But now there's going to be same-day service to Vancouver on the Amtrak. This is Vancouver, B.C. We already have it to Vancouver, Washington. You uh, used to be able... You used to have to stay overnight in Seattle or take a bus to visit our Canadian cousins. Not so anymore. It's going to be even better for those planning to attend the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. Once again, that's Vancouver, B.C. and not Vancouver, Washington. But you can visit both on the
2: Amtrak. So this is the the 2010 Olympics, is that the summer or the the winter? I think you just said this, but I missed it. It's going to be the winter of 2010. And so how long, like what is the actual distance from here to there, though? Well, it's like two and a half more hours after Seattle, so it's about five hours, six hours. Well, you're not on a train, though, so I guess you can sleep. Yeah. You know, because you get the train service is fine. Unless unless you're a (laughs) a coach, unless (laughs) you're (laughs) a screaming kid, or unless you're on Tim's train, which is always getting derailed by something. The last trip was good, though.
4: And I enjoyed it. But next time I'm going to business class, it has
2: more legroom. All right. Somebody says, uh, gleaming the cube. So where I grew up, gleaming the cube was a drug reference. Had to do with, this is, okay, so so apparently in, where is this? This was in Sacramento. Apparently in Sacramento, gleaming the cube means you're going to be doing acid uh, during lunch and then going back to school. There you go. We're not suggesting that you kids do that or that that's what uh, Christian Slater was doing in the skating film. The other guy was Stephen Bauer. Really? So this is so. Yes, Greg so I'm is,
3: looking at Stephen Bauer, and I don't really recognize
2: him. Nibbler's saying the other guy in Gleaming the Cube was Stephen Bauer, and that's that is Al Pacino's. Yeah, that is the mm-hmm. that is Al Pacino's sort of sidekick in Scarface, the guy uh, the guy who ends up with his sister, right? And the guy that the guy to whom Pacino says, First you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women." That guy, boy, Scarface is a bad movie. I saw and I I saw that maybe I don't know six months or so ago. And then I happened to see, I think it was, it must have been on like Showtime or Cinemax or some, some channel like way up in the 700s. And it was about four weeks ago that I saw like the last 35 minutes of, uh, of Scarface. And look, I hate to break it to everybody at the Lloyd Center Mall. Uh, Scarface is a terrible film. I mean, I, wear it, buy the poster, do whatever it is. You get yourself like a touch lamp that has got Al Pacino holding a machine gun on the side of it. Do whatever you want. There's nothing good about that movie. You want to talk about a movie whose uh, reputation is just completely outstripped the the terrible, tacky reality. The only thing that Scarface really works as right now is some sort of a period piece. Like a sort of, here's what we thought made a good movie in about 1985. Uh, Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, get caught up around the corner. Well, it wasn't that long ago that Ryan Jenkins and Jasmine
4: Fiore were happily married in Vegas after knowing each other only a few days. They published a uh, photo showing the couple... A perfect white couple tying it on at the Little White Wedding Chapel on March 18th. Cops have been looking for Ryan since uh, Jasmine was found dead in a briefcase in an Orange County dumpster. Dead in a briefcase?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Briefcase blonde. It was
3: gnarly. He totally cut her up and shoved her in a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Or allegedly. Wait a minute. A briefcase
2: or a suitcase? One is suitcase, more impressive suitcase. than the suitcase. other. Suitcase. Oh, okay, all right. I was going to say a briefcase. That's really some... It could be well, a small well, suitcase. She might have been bulimic. That's a... F- I was just, just going to say, did she have an eating disorder? Way to beat me to the punch, bastard. Why are you always funnier one, one step before you? Know, you're funnier and you're one step faster with the funny than I am. I don't know. I
4: just let my mouth run ragged.
2: <sighs> it has nothing to do with me. I'm just going to... I mean, really, is, that is some efficient folding and stacking, if that, was, uh, if that was done. So So anyway, now VH1 is distancing
4: itself from this uh, reality show star. He was on... Uh, let's see here. They Megan want- Wants a Millionaire, and I Love Money 3... He was billed as having a net worth of $2.5 million, which isn't much. One California house is worth
2: $2.5 million. They really ought to make this into like a running man kind of a thing, though. Uh, you know what I mean? Because you, you remember the 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 Running Man, we, and there was the uh, there was the Schwarzenegger film, and then there was the Stephen King uh, novel on which it was based. And it was a game show where there was a fugitive who was basically on the lam, and then everybody in America was watching the TV, you know, the, and you know, and and phoning in the reports on where they thought he was to you know, so the cops could. Uh, and if he was able to stay on the run for like thirty days or something, then you know, then he won like a billion dollars. How do we know he's not staying in some sleazy motel on 82nd right now? I'm just saying, if VH1 was really on the ball, they would turn this into some sort of an ongoing reality show about a reality show star who was wanted by the man for uh, you know investigation of a murder. So after he was
4: eliminated from this uh Megan wants to be a uh, Megan wants a millionaire show, he went to Vegas where he met this model and married her 2 days later, 2 days after he met her at the little white wedding chapel. All
2: right. Uh, straight ahead, we have our Sina Radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins. He'll be joining us. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, coming up at 640. 7 o'clock, we will talk to Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week about food porn. And 8 o'clock, Jim Roop from CNR Radio Los Angeles. When you hear Tim Riley reciting cult lyrics, be called 10. You'll win cult tickets. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
4: KUFO. Portland.
2: Rick Emerson Radio Program on Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up later on today, we have Venus Watch, also a geek watch. Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio will be joining us at 620. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com at 640. And at 7 o'clock, food porn with Kelly Clark from the Willamette uh, Week. Now, this is a really ham-handed segue, so you have to forgive me. But speaking of porn, so I was just... We were just talking about this during the break. The Chicago Tribune has... Do- what a weird world it is for newspapers... It is difficult for me to believe that we're not, I mean, not like I'm offended or anything, I'm just saying it seems odd. I can't imagine when I was a kid the Chicago Tribune running an article about celebrity sex tapes. But, you know, times have changed. We're a less uh, puritanical society now. The article is just called The 29 Most Infamous Celebrity Sex Tapes. And here, off the top of oh, your head, I just yeah, who something knew they're what did you just see that was horrible? Are you reading ahead? Are you oh, looking, no, at looking at the article?
4: I'm looking at a still from one of them, and I've forgotten about <laughs> one that I need to forget about it again.
2: Are you trying to scrub it out of your brain? I can't now. All right, Sarah. It I won't for, go away. Tim is cheating by looking at the list. I forbid you to engage in said cheating.
4: Okay. Well, I was curious.
2: Uh, see, I uh, I once uh, once I put it but out they, there. They all do
4: make sense. The, there wasn't anything there I didn't know before.
2: But see, but there's stuff you'd forgotten about, wasn't there? There's there was
4: one that I didn't want to remember. <laughs> tapes. That. That
2: My you, memory was just refreshed. You had flushed it out, and now, uh, now it's back. All right. So start off the top of your head. How many celebrity sex tapes can you name?
3: Um. Let's see. So there's the Fred Durst. Okay. Scott Stapp. Well, Scott Stapp, uh, Kid Rock tape. Right. Uh, Pam Anderson. Tommy Lee. And Tommy Lee, Paris Hilton, Dustin Diamond. Uh. Crap. I don't know.
2: I mean that's 5. I mean that's, I'm impressed that you got 5 right out of the gate. How weird is it by the way that A there are 29 celebrity sex tapes. I mean that's just the ones that the Chicago Tribune deemed worthy of talking about because it's the 29 was most there ever
3: infamous Britney Spears sex tape? No, oh. see they no they oh.
2: talked about it but there never was. Hmm. Um, there was just that thing remember that was all talk. Uh, that YouTube video where she was stoned uh, she seems stoned, and she was eating fast food and talking about time travel. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. that was my She's all trashed in a hotel, and she's like, but then time travel was really possible? <laughs> like shoving chicken wings into her mouth, which is why I could, and that's my thing with Britney Spears. Like, I can never find her sexy again, because she's just, you know what it is? It's like, it's like seeing a, um, I, it's like seeing some chick get covered with spiders and then trying to find her sexy later. It's just not going to you, you Well, get, she's that's been not cleaned up. No, but, in, but you, in all places. you can't has she, Tim? Really? In all so. places? There's some places you can't guessing. clean. Like the corners of my mind where all those photos of her live. What was the f- So what was the first? So then what, the question is, what, how, like, how, far, how far back does it go? So what was the first well-known celebrity oh, I, sex tape?
3: Pretty Boy. Rob uh, Lowe.
2: Lowe. Rob Lowe, that
4: well done. Probably, that was probably the first one in modern history. I mean, if you and don't... If we, if we want to set the beginning of this, that's where we
2: began. And if you don't count the Bob Crane stuff, the Hogan Heroes, uh, Hogan's that heroes guy... That goes back even further. Well, and those weren't meant to be... I mean, I guess you could argue that a lot of them weren't meant to be public. They but were I from mean, a private collection. That's right. That of Scotty Crane, his son, who decided that it was better than having a real job. I'll just pedal photos of my dad's penis. Everybody okay with that? Fine. All right, so I'll just, I'll quickly go through some of these, and Sarah, you you will be familiar with a lot of these, but you will have forgotten. This is how many sex tapes there are of celebrities. You will have forgotten that many of these existed. Number one, and this is in no particular order from the Chicago Tribune, Uh, so we've got number one, Eric Dane and Rebecca Gayhart. That's... That's the sort of reason that I think the story is being done, because that's the
3: oh, that's is that the new is that when she's smoking the crack and whatnot. Allegedly,
2: allegedly smoking crack. Smoking she's smoking crack. something from a glass pipe that looks very much. It looks like she's smoking from a base pipe. But what do I know? uh And, and it's got the what's her name? The, the Gresham girl, of course. uh Let's see. So that's so that's the one that everybody's sort of talking about right now. uh As a, of course, now my computer is frozen. Mine just did too. Oh, uh, for the love of God, really? Yes. Where's the froze? Oh no, I've got it. All right, here but we it's go. It's coming back now. All right, so then we've got Colin Farrell. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. Do one. you remember what was mm-hmm. do you remember the significant feature of Colin Farrell's sex tape? No. It was a significant feature of Colin Farrell. That he hit he was uh, he hit what was that? What were you just doing? You were just putting <laughs> your finger above your lip.
3: Oh no, I thought that maybe he did something really dirty.
2: Wait. What are you? What are you talking about? What do you mean? You uh, are you talking about a, an act? No, no, no. It was that he was. He's a. He's a, um, he's a man of, with a, um, with substantial, uh, a, a large acting ability.
3: Oh, Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I remember. I I believe that
2: the weird. Okay, but here's the thing. It's not that just that you believe it. It's I know you've seen it. I remember actually sitting next to you. This is how many sex tapes there are. I remember sitting next to you at a computer in the studio watching. Parts no, of the be. Colin Farrell sex tape, and you just kept going on and on about the uh, the size of his talent. It's weird that you don't remember that an idea. Do, I don't by the remember way. that at all. How about this one? I had no idea that the chick from Gossip Girl had a sex tape out. Which one? Uh, what's her name? Leighton Meester. 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 Yeah. Sex tape out. She it came out months ago. As a matter of fact, came out of in June. June two thousand nine. But nobody's talking about that one. No. E- which is especially is
3: because it, it it's boring.
2: I. I. They show a still from it here. Uh and it, it's it, too hot for TV. It doesn't look uh boring. I'll put it that way.
3: Where are you looking at the set?
2: I wanna f- see You him. can't go there now though, because you have to we have to get through the list before you're allowed to look. Okay. Because I'm seeing how many of these you remember and how many you don't. So and they have like four stills from the Gossip Girls uh it, sex tape. And apparently they say this um they say, quote, she has very talented feet. Mm-hmm. That's all they say about it right here. There's the one that's the one line description of the tape itself. Uh, we'll do one weird. more here, um, Kim Kardashian. Who? Uh, that's a thing that, like, oh that yeah,
3: just, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I think it just came out like what a year or two ago, and I'd already forgotten and about that dirty, one. She's a dirty, dirty girl. Well, the thing about the Kim Kardashian one is it just doesn't surprise me. Like, don't you but just don't assume? Do you
3: remember the, s- the details about it?
2: I don't. I don't remember the details. All I remember thinking is that she probably put it out herself. That was a thing that. Uh, this is my th- speculation. Oh really? Oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I used to read little golden books. All right. Well, in any event, uh, we should do this. Uh, on the other side, we'll uh, talk to CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. We won't be mentioning any of these uh, sex tapes. Or you
3: have to ask Lisa how many she remembers.
2: I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that if it's all the same to you. Uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here with food porn at 7 o'clock. We'll definitely ask her. Because uh, here's the thing. We're not even a third of the way through the list. Uh, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles joins us at 8 o'clock to talk about all things uh, happening in the world of Michael Jackson. And uh, more from Tim Riley next day. the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions.
4: They're scouring goose-tipping commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call
6: 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns.
2: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you can also text if you like at 52051 coming up here in just a few moments. We'll speak with CNN Radio Correspondent, Lisa Desjardins, uh, at 640, Mr. Skin from Mister skin.com and at 7 o'clock, Foodborne with Kelly Clark uh, from the Malama Week. All right, when we last left the Rick Emerson Program, we were having Sarah Dillon identify as many celebrity sex tapes as she could, and it's solely from memory. So we left off with Kim Kardashian, which brings us to number 10. This is the uh, Chicago Tribune who's done this list. That is Paris Hilton and Rick Solomon, which I think was the one...
3: Oh, how come I didn't even say that? See,
2: that it seems to me that that is the tape that kickstarted the whole thing again, because we'd had the Pam and Tommy sex tape, and then it, it all sort of died down. And the Paris Hilton one, is that the one where she's in the weird green night vision?
3: Oh, yeah, that's where she has, like, these, this blank stare, and she just looks super creepy.
2: And she seems... And, and it... she just
3: looks really... And it, she's just... Really boring.
2: And at one point, was she's she's she seems very um, She's kind of
3: laying there.
2: She's sort of uninterested in the entire uh, in the entire process. It's like, well, I could be doing this, or so finally my nails. <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah. At one point, I think doesn't she stop and answer the phone?
2: I think it, either she stops to answer the phone, or her phone rings, or there's like a not a, not a pager, but something, but something goes, there's something that beeps. It's like she gets a text message or something, and I think she actually stops to. I don't know if she's actually on the phone. I think she might stop to check a message though. Or she's texting somebody back with one hand while occupying the other hand with something else or whatever. But I, that's, that's all I really remember about that. So that is, uh, whatever. That, that's number 10. I can't so we we'll, I didn't say that one. Well, you know, I'm just, it's a lot to keep track of. So we'll continue the list, uh, on the other side of this. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from CNN Radio on the Hill. It is CNN Radio correspondent of the stars, Lisa Desjardins. And good morning, Lisa. How are you on this, uh, fine Thursday?
8: Um, I'm well, but I have to tell you, it's it's a little weird up here today because, you know, it's recess, all of Congress is gone, and they just announced this, uh, like, you know, in the last hour, that they were evacuating the Senate side of the Capitol for a drill, you know, of course— mm-hmm. Best time to do a drill when nobody's around. So it's just me and one other reporter who are here, and we both kind of came out and said, what are you going to do? And we both are just hunkering down in our booths and have turned off all the lights around us and closed all the doors and and literally, like, taped up. <laughs> It taped up folders in the windows into our little booths so that when the Capitol Police come by, they won't kick us out.
2: Because of, because it's a drill, and so you're supposed to be. Is it like a fire drill or just a yeah. generalized emergency drill?
8: Generalized emergency evacuation. You know what? You know terrorist. What you know whatever kind of drill. Whatever, whatever emergency you'd like to
2: imagine—terrorists or
8: whatever—or whatever, or what, or whatever. Um, yeah. So we're sitting <laughs> here. He's uh, kind of on the other side of uh, our little area here, and and we're emailing each other. And, and fortunately, the screeching siren that was going off for almost an hour has stopped. But um, you'll be happy to know I did record it so that you could share in the love. Do
2: you have the? Uh, do you have the sound of it? Do you have that now? Yeah, I do. All right.
8: Okay, here we go. This was basically my life for the last hour, and just, like, in this dark, dark room where there's only my computer is lit, and we're kind of hoping that Capitol Police don't kick us out, which they haven't, so that's good.
2: I, all I can, when I hear the sound, all I can picture is William Shatner standing there in, like, a bad, sort of a teal <laughs> shirt, demanding that somebody give something more auxiliary power, and then everybody's sort of throwing themselves around this way and that in a cardboard set while a guy shakes the camera.
8: That's true. That's it. It is, very, it's exactly, that's right, maybe that's where they got it
2: from. Mr. Sulu, I need full power. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I think of right there, or perhaps, Zap Brannigan. So, I, by the way, I would like to commend you for, uh, for as you put it, hunkering down and not being uh, kicked out for what is clearly uh, just some sort of a, a pointless drill. When, obviously, yes. th- the whole point of a drill is, I mean, what, you're just going to go outside, which is what you would do if there was an actual emergency anyway. Like, like, you know where the door is. <laughs> like, what is it, what is the X factor here in the that the drill is trying to address?
8: I don't know. Is there some sort of a uh, record is there a sheet somewhere where they you know they count the kids? And
2: yeah, I mean, never, do it? if you know where the door is and you've mastered walking, it seems like you've really you've addressed the two crucial steps here that that need to be handled for the drill. The only other thing the drill would be for because is what they they do like fire drills in school. So you don't you know so you learn not to trample your classmates, but you can't even learn that because as you said, it's they, been evacuated or you know it's, everybody's gone home. There's nobody else there.
8: Yeah, there's really almost no one here, and the only reason we knew is because there is. Uh, one below us is sort of this office that's kind of in charge of us. And there's one guy down there. Usually there's, you know, seven and he, and he actually hilariously, um, got on the intercom to tell us the two of us and <laughs> the intercom was blaring that this was going to happen. And, uh, you know, and then he, he did actually leave and he was like, I don't want to know what you're going to do. Like he was all very but Don't tell me. I don't need to know.
2: Also, doesn't it seem to undermine the the premise of the drill? If a guy's getting on the intercom and telling you beforehand that there's going to be a drill. I mean, well, he
8: wasn't. He wasn't supposed to
2: tell us. Oh, I see. So he was. Uh, it was he was breaking a little bit of uh, breaking a little bit of the Drill Masters code there. A little bit. A I little do. Bit. Appre- I have to say, I think from all of us here, uh, I think we admire your professionalism and the fact that you are broadcasting through the through the bitter end of this drill. And I can act- I can see you taping things over the windows. <laughs> Just to sort of obfuscate every single, you know, every 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 opening, every crack, anything where any bit of light might stream through and give away your presence inside.
8: But it was, and I've even kind of covered my computers with sweaters so that I'm kind of... <laughs> Looking at them so that the, there's not as much light. Because one time they did actually bust me and and made me leave. So I, uh, but another there was one time I don't know why I didn't just cover my window. But I actually hid under my desk when I heard them coming.
2: Is this like a thing where the Stasi is going to come and kick in your door and drag you away? <laughs> you're going to be in a you're going to be in a tar paper shack with a light bulb swinging back and forth while Jack Bauer screams at you.
8: That's right. And I would come out blinking into the sun weeks later.
2: Where did Lisa go? There is no Lisa. Lisa never worked here. You get back to work. All right.
8: No, no, they just make you go outside.
2: Well, this is way more interesting than the healthcare discussion probably was going to be, except to say that. Last uh, last night, I guess it was. I was watching CNN and they were they were talking about the Obama administration using what they kept calling this nuclear option of just what is this thing that they were talking about where the Obama administration, if they wanted to, with, I guess, just like 51 votes into the 60 yeah. could jam through some sort of like health care. Uh, we're going to. You know, do this whether you want it or not thing.
8: Yeah, I'll try. I'll try and skip like all the in between gook because there's a there's a lot of uh, complicated procedure that's involved. But basically, this, this is called reconciliation, reconciliation, and it's it's a amazing Senate tactic or trick, whatever you want to call it, because whenever something is connected to the budget, the budget has special rules, and, and you can pass things connected to the budget with only a majority vote instead of the 60 that most other controversial things need. So. What they do is they call it reconciliation, which essentially is um, it's basically like taping something on, you know with some very sketchy scotch tape onto the budget bill and and saying, okay, hey, it's it's part of the budget. we're we're we have to reconcile this with the budget because they they enter very small amounts of language in the budget that may sort of vaguely have to do with this area. Um so when they passed the budget bill earlier this year, they did in fact include, you know, kind of a reference to health care reform in the budget bill. And because they did that, it, essentially, it's a little more complicated, but because they put that in the budget bill, it allows senators to go back and say, oh, hey, hey, we're going to actually do this health care as a, kind of we're taping it. We've got some pipe cleaners. We've got all that to the budget. So we only need 51 votes, but it is a very, very controversial thing to do, especially in the Senate, because you're you're, you're essentially steamrolling your opponents, and you might be steamrolling uh, some of your own party members by doing it. And uh, but, is, but they're at that point where they might have to.
2: That is fantastic. So you have to do me a favor. If you if you end up getting busted, you have to call back and let us know, and you have to capture audio as they're dragging you away, like that guy in V for Vendetta. All right. Okay. Deal. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Lisa. Okay. There right, they go, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. She is uh, lurking. I think underneath or near her desk with her windows blacked out. On the kind of Under sweaters. He's awesome. Straight ahead, Mr. Skin from Mr. Skin.com coming up at 7 o'clock. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week with Food Porn. Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles at 8 o'clock. And another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Plus, we continue to count down the list of the uh, 29 most infamous celebrity sex tapes. You stay there. We return next live from beautiful downtown Portland.
1: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
2: Broadcasting in color huh? Yeah, that's right Who's rigged now, Mr. Riggy Man? The Rick Emerson Show returns It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program Thank you for joining us today It's 503-228-4101 In just moments, we'll talk to Mr. Skin From MrSkin.com Coming up at 7 o'clock Food Porn with Kelly Clark From the Willamette Week And uh, Jim Root from CNN Radio Joining us Jim Rube is just hunkered down inside a bottle of gin somewhere inside his garage. Vodka. Remember? I asked, uh, I'm sorry, vodka. I asked Lisa if she would send us a photograph of the inside of her studio where she's hiding. So I'm waiting to hear back from her. Well, she might be, I mean, they might have in a room just beating her with a pipe right now. If they caught her, they've already busted her once for hiding in that place. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the online celebrity nudity database, MrSkin.com, our good friend MrSkin. Uh, good morning to you, sir. How are you today? How's it going? It's going very well. Out of the gate, I should say that I have a listener who emailed me. Uh, This guy, what is his name? His name is um, uh, Chad. And Chad says, hey, with Sons of Anarchy uh, coming out on DVD, I have a question. Has Katie Segal ever done nudists? So Katie Segal from Married with Children, who's also Sons of Anarchy, Futurama. Has she done uh, any nude scenes?
5: Unfortunately, she's never been naked. That was always a bummer. And uh, um, she played a funny character you know, I'm married with children, but uh, and and was always dressed very sexily, but just sexy. And you'd think she would have done something, but never did. Christina Applegate, who played Kelly Bundy. On the show, came close in a movie called Streets from 1990 when she was 18 years old.
2: Streets, but, uh, I forgot all about that. Yeah,
5: it was. Uh, uh, she was. The good news was she was topless. The bad news is the the boy she was with had his hand over her breast, blocking us out. I understood completely why he was doing that, but it brought, uh, blocked us out.
2: You know what they ought to do? Somebody ought to invent a technology. Uh, it's like a reverse. Um, it's like a reverse blurring. Like you know, if you watch Showgirls on VH1 or something, they just they they right. they superimpose the bra right. or whatever. Somebody got to do. They go back and they superimpose boobs over bras. And movies. Yeah,
5: or you could uh, wear special goggles where you could see through the pixelation or something.
2: You need to invent that right now. That's the next big step for you, sir.
5: That should be that. That's our next uh, moneymaker.
2: What else is uh, going on in the uh, world of nudity?
5: Well, Inglorious Bastards opens uh, in theaters uh, soon, and uh, there's. Uh, uh, a girl co-star in the movie named Diane Kruger. Now she's a Nazi nude in this movie, but uh, you can see her topless in another Brad Pitt movie called Troy, 15 minutes in, a very nice nude scene. Also, that uh, Jeremy Piven movie, The Goods: Live Hard, Sell Hard, right. uh, in theaters. A girl named Mary Castro uh, is topless in a strip club, two minutes in, and uh... nudity in that uh, uh, comedy and. Uh, Finally, I wanted to mention uh, The Last House on the Left is out on Blu-ray, starring Sarah Paxton and Ricky Lindholm. Uh, Sarah bears butt while Ricky gets topless about four different times. So uh, some very nice nudity in Last House on the Left. That's a new release Blu-ray movie
2: this week. Excellent. All right, my friend, as always, you are doing the Lord's work. We will speak with you next week. Thank you, sir. Take care, Rick. There you go. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. And by the way, that guy's always bringing it with the puns, but even by his standards, the... In the Inglorious Patchards, you will not see her nude in this movie. Oh. But right there. That's uh, that's why he's Mr. Scannon, and, uh, and I don't get paid to look at boobs. All right, ladies and gentlemen at the news desk. I mean, there's still the future. Uh this is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with
5: Tim Riley.
4: Good morning, everyone from the KUFO News Center downtown, Portland. It is now six forty-five temperatures. We'll be dropping down. Into the high 70s today.
2: Oh, man. Can I just tell you this? I had this uh, air conditioner mishap. So two things. One, I was running the air conditioner, you know, because I've talked about this before. We have one in the bedroom, one in the living room. Can't run them both at the same time. Or, it, you know, it, it doesn't blow the fuse. I don't think that's a thing that happens anymore, but it trips the circuit breaker.
3: Yeah, I had to put my air conditioner back in last night.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I've just, I have just, I leave my air conditioner, no lie, no exaggeration. I leave it hooked up until like October. Uh, because I'm not taking any chances. I mean, once once there's frost, then I'll start turning the air conditioner off, or I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll put it away, because the one in the bedroom, you can put it, you pa- we pack it away in the basement for the winter. But, um, anyway, so we already had the one mishap. We were running the air conditioner in the living room, and then the one in the bedroom at the same time by accident, then poof, and then, you know, goes out. And it's like 11 o'clock at night, and you're like, Oh, for the love of Christ, it's stupid damn it, in the basement, you're like whacking your toe on something, and then you're opening the the, the circuit breaker box, and if you ever do this, like, in your house, do you have this where, like, in your house, the circuit breaker box, all the labels are from, like, 1962, and it's, like, pen scratching from 50 years ago, and you're, you know, where somebody has abbreviated all of the rooms next to the circuit breaker switches with abbreviations that don't make any sense, you know, where it's, like, it'll say something like llm one and you're, like, LM, living main, light manacle? the hell is ellen M- well i guess i'll just switch it and then you switch it and then you realize you've just turned off all the clocks in the house or something or like the you, you know or you or you've managed to turn off the microwave while you were cooking you something always
3: tell because it's the one that isn't flipped uh, like that's it, how i've always been able to tell
2: i get but my circuit breaker switches it's like that you can't
3: it's like all of them will be facing one direction except for the one that went out and then you
2: put see nothing. and mine don't do that see mine don't flip all the way to the other direction it's like it just moves back about half an inch Oh you got to push them in all the way with your thumb and then push to the right. See? And so I I think it's cuz I live in an old house and it's not like an, it's not like a light switch where there's on and off. Imagine if your light switch had on off and then there was like almost on. That's where mine flipped to. So there's that and then fell asleep last night. The uh, the ex- the exhaust thing on the back of the air conditioner that dumps the heat outside, came it came disconnected. The tubing came disconnected. And so it was doing that thing like you had yours doing. It was blowing 100-degree air just right back into my face while I was asleep. And I woke up and just, like, in sweat. I'm like, what's going on? It's all very confusing. Here's
4: Tim Riley. Well, this is from the chapter of Why Doesn't This Ever Happen to Me? Cash is swirling through the air. At Southwest Barber Boulevard near Capitol Highway yesterday afternoon, $120 bills. So people are getting out of their cars, but they had to turn them over to the policeman who was sitting there. Otherwise, he would have been arrested.
3: Wait, he was baiting them?
4: No, no. Okay. No, but I mean, I think somebody must have just... Wait, why were bills swirling in the air? Well, apparently somebody lost a deposit envelope of money, and it was swirling through the air.
2: And so then they called the cops? Somebody
4: called the cops. In the meantime, people are pulling over to pick oh, this I cash see. up, right. and then
2: they had to turn it over. Ah, I see, but that's—I think—that's the universe giving money out.
4: So this cash is now being held at the central precinct. If anyone can describe what this money looks
2: like, they can claim it. That's great. You know, I—I I have often thought that that is just—that's something that God has put here as just a little bit of amusement. It's like a little bit of uh its like a little bit of flair for our lives. Or occasionally just to liven things up, because modern life can occasionally be stressful, and sometimes uh, you know your existence can seem a little bit bleak. You know, you're having a bad week, bad year, whatever. God just has a money truck tip over somewhere, uh, and then you know cash flies through the air. It's just like a little bit of a you know, it's like when you get an unexpected coin box in Mario Brothers or something. You know, you know, just to cheer you up a little bit, just kind of keep you going. And then occasionally, if God's displeased, it's a truck full of bees. Here's Tim Riley. So there are two more episodes to be filled for leverage at the uh, Timothy Hutton TV show on TNT. I'm sure he'll be in the studio to promote that show any day now.
3: And I'm sure Greg Nibbler can be an extra on it.
2: You mm-hmm. shut oh. up about Greg Nibbler being an extra. We've well, forgotten well, all about that. I know. I didn't want to bring it up because... And when we were in attention. New York,
3: didn't you send him like 45 minutes in the wrong direction on the subway? I did.
2: I, I didn't uh, hear about that. I sent Greg 35 minutes in the wrong in the wrong direction. I am actually being considered for a uh, episode of Leverage coming up. Really? <gasps> so here's what How looking. can I ruin that? <laughs> I do, I'm sure you will find a way. You've got a week <laughs> to do it, so... Greg,
4: aren't you of German descent? <laughs> I am. They're looking for Germans.
2: Really? Yes. I, I do have German... Usually ones. it's Germans who are doing the looking for people. That's <laughs> right. Well, they're looking for Germans...
4: Middle Eastern people and Eastern Indian ethnic types. They're going to have a hard time finding a couple of those.
2: I don't ones. even understand what that last one means. Eastern Indian ethnic types. Yes. From Th- East India. Eastern oh, from okay, from oh, some, from from the actual eastern section like. of the country of India. All right. Okay. I was, okay, I was yes. a little confused mm-hmm. there for so a second. So they're going to have a hard time with that. I thought you they're meant also like from for baseball coaches and umpires. What? Not actual baseball coaches, and I'm well, somebody to play somebody them. to play, them, somebody right. looks like Greg typically plays. Did you say you typically played villains? Yeah, I am much better at the villain character. You seem, don't take any offense to this, you seem like you would often play a, an Eastern European villain, like a guy named Vladimir. I'm
3: totally creepy, like wearing a white silk shirt. Yes, I can see
2: it. perhaps see you that. would like to speak to Nikolai, and then the door opens and it's Greg holding like a serrated oh knife. Oh my
3: God, he is a Nikolai! Can't yeah.
2: you see that? And he would, but you would have like a bad Russian accent, or not bad, but you know what I mean—like you'd have that sort of heavy accent. We have
4: ways to make you talk. It, so, so right. I hope Greg gets it this time, but nobody ruins it for him. That's I'm. Uh,
3: yeah, Dream Crusher. I,
2: I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> I
3: want to, you know I don't well, want we Greg do, no, to be
2: happy. What, let's not discuss it anymore. We're gonna jinx it for you. Okay. I'm just saying you have pre preemptive permission. I'm saying it now in front of everybody. If they offer you a part in leverage, you just say yes, and we'll figure it out later. Yes. Don't wait for... As Hooper says in Jaws, don't wait for me. Just, uh, just. Uh, speaking of films and things, by the way, I asked earlier, somebody, uh, a listener said, in Gleaming the Cube, the movie Gleaming the Cube from the 80s, what is the cube and who is gleaming it and why? There's no answer. Some guy who thought he was giving us an answer just sent me a copy of the poster, like a picture of the movie poster, where it's just a picture of Christian Slater's feet on a skateboard, and it says... All he cared about was gleaming the cube, until the night they killed his brother, which is the tagline for the movie, which doesn't do anything, which doesn't clarify anything at all. All he cared about was gleaming the cube, but that doesn't make any sense. Is gleaming that the has cube
3: to be a skateboarding thing?
2: Is that like chasing the dragon, but with less, uh, but with less foil or something? I, it makes no sense at all. All right, here's Tim Riley. Time for penis watch. Here's your penis watch for uh, Thursday on the Take Rick Emerson a look at radio my program.
1: Enormous penis. My troubles start bow, bow, bow. I take a look at bow, my enormous penis. everything is going my
2: way. Bow, bow, bow. Now, yes. I, I don't know if I want to read this. Of course but you, you do, I, but tell I'll him. do it. You're a newsman.
4: Mm-hmm. An ex-soldier was so desperate to become a woman. He performed the sex change operation on himself. When sixty-one year old Ronald Mary, a married father of four, I was told he'd have to wait two years for gender reassignment surgery. He decided he had no option but to do the job himself. He told his lovely wife of 23 years, Julie, he had a headache, took some painkillers, went to the bathroom. Using a homemade surgery kit, he removed his genitals, losing two pints of blood in the process. But for Roland, this drastic action was the only way to set himself free. What do you mean a homemade
2: surgery kit? What does that consist of exactly?
4: I don't know. You'd have to ask Roland. My priority was to just get rid of it all.
2: <laughs> but well, I obviously, I had to be very careful. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, you don't want to... I mean, that's a, that's a measure five times cut once. So
4: probably. when I was taken to the, uh, the Royal Hospital afterwards, I guess this happened in England, the doctor told me I'd actually done quite a good job. Well
2: done, then. Would you like a biscuit?
4: Uh, although uh, Roland had eventually uh, plucked up the courage to admit it to his stunned wife, he always longed to be a woman... <laughs> Uh, let's see, Julie, his wife said, uh, he, she didn't know that he would resort to such drastic action. If it was not until Roland appeared on the stairs in a blood-stained shirt, clutching a towel between his legs, she realized the full extent of his desperation. At the age of four, Roland knew he was different from the other boys. At the time, you don't know what it is. I always liked to play
2: hopscotch with the girls. And they were always stunned. Okay, well... There you go. I have so many questions about it, because they don't call it a sex change anymore. They call it gender reassignment surgery. Mm. I, uh, there's so much about that that I... Uh, don't you wish there was a number you could call, like an 800 number, just to ask questions about... I mean, we've talked about this before, but having just a science d- d- guy on... Someday when I'm wealthy... If you call our new insurance company, i are going to answer all our questions, according to the memo. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Does the memo promise that the insurance company will be both courteous and efficient? Yes. That's great. I'd say more, but... Uh, well, you haven't asked. <laughs> no. How can you
4: criticize when you haven't made an inquiry?
2: I'd say more, but I haven't asked. I'd ask, but I don't have the phone number. All right. Well, in any event, maybe they cover gender reassignment surgery. Do we know? Can we find out if our uh, if our new insurance company here covers uh, gender reassignment surgery? I'm going to yes. put that on my list of things to figure right, out by the end of the day. It. No, when I'm wealthy, I'm going to hire a scientist, and he's just going to live in a small shack out behind my house. And if I have questions, I'm going to go out there and ask him. And that way I can always have the answers. You could have asked a new boss if you attended the meeting because he was taking questions. I wasn't in New York. Straight ahead, we have Kelly Clark from, uh, well, I'm a week with another installment of Food Porn. We also have Cena uh, Radio correspondent Jim Roop on the way. We, uh, though, conclude our penis watch for Thursday on The Rick Emerson Show. Take a look
1: at my enormous penis. My troubles start to melting away. Bow, bow, bow. I take a look at bow, my enormous penis. It everything is going my way. Bow,
5: bow, bow. More of the Rick Emerson show in near moments. Booty,
6: booty, booty. God, only on Rock 101, KUFO. KUFO Portland.
2: It is the Rick Emerson radio program on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up in mere moments, we'll talk to Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Also, Food Porn with Kelly Clark will be uh, happening here at uh, 7.20. We've got Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles joining us at 8 o'clock. Another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard on the Way. And at some point today, when you hear Tim Riley reciting lyrics from The Cult, when you hear Tim Riley reciting lyrics from rock band The Cult, you'll be called at 10, and you will uh, win yourself a pair of tickets to see The Cult at The Roseland. They're going to be doing the Love album all the way through. So when you hear Tim Riley reciting Cult lyrics, and be caller at ten at five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Speaking of Tim Riley, what headlines are we following for the good people of the Rose City? Tim. Well, John Edwards is
4: finding new ways to make his wife miserable, moving his mistress and his alleged love child into their neighborhood. Well done, John Edwards. Levi Johnston's bomb could go to prison for dealing drugs. And a New York deck collection company in trouble for being insulting and
2: rude. Oh, was that the? Uh, I haven't heard it, but I We're heard that there is them? audio. Oh, we yes. do have audio of like they're uh, like, "I'll come over there and bust your knees, caps." Yeah, whatever. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, speaking of the John Edwards thing, did we hear that he copped to the fact that the kid was his?
4: No. There was this report that he was going to. I thought going, he finally did when I was in right? New York. The report said he is going to, but he has not done
2: okay. so yet. They sort of so softened cons- up the ground, as they say. They leaked that he was going to say, like... Gonna, yeah, first he's going to move them into the neighborhood. Well, you know, why not? Boy, that You know, I have to, you have to sort of give it up for that wife face for not just uh, walking down the hallway and just, uh, you know, cutting off his head while he's asleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the guy, you want to talk about a guy that just picked the, picked exactly the wrong way in which to do all of that stuff. And they still live in the same house I mean that's the bizarre thing about it. I know it's like a, a big ass the uh, mansion so they can sort of they can do what my grandparents did live in separate corners of it but still. All right. In any event, by the way, this the, to the listener who called up and insisted that Gleaming the Cube is a BMX movie, you couldn't be more wrong. There's, there's no way you could not there's no way you could you could be more incorrect about that. You in fact are thinking of either uh the BMX Kid with Peter Billingsley or quite possibly the movie Tough Turf with Corey Haim. Gleaming, yeah, the, gleaming cube, the Cube is all about It's all skating, and it's Christian Slater. And the other guy who's in that, it's not just what's-his-name from Scarface. It's Tony Hawk. That's who's in that movie, and I forgot all about that. Tony Hawk is in Gleaming the Cube. Very cool. All right. Uh, uh, Kelly Clark from uh, the a Week, how are you? I'm doing great. Hey, Gleaming the Cube.
7: It's in subtle masterpiece about integrating into American society.
2: But what is the Cube, and who is <laughs> gleaming it?
7: I believe that that Slater was gleaming it, but his was it his Korean American half? You know,
2: that's the Cube. Brother?
7: I think he was, was that the his Cube. nickname. I think he was gleaming him.
2: Pardon me, Cube, get over here. I think here.
7: that's some slang that we don't know. We're just not cool enough. He's, so, what does
3: it mean to be gleaming him?
2: <laughs> that's when you're uh,
3: avenging his his death.
2: That's what that's, that's what, what Sam Adams was doing. doing. Yes, exactly. He's accused of gleaming the young man for a. <laughs> Uh well in any event
7: didn't they didn't they ever explain it in the movie did I miss this part didn't like some mystical older man explain like the beauty of gleaming the cube or I don't want
2: to shatter all your illusions about me but I haven't seen gleaming the cube real, like recently or anything it's not it's not like my that Netflix actually really too. surprises me yeah I uh I don't we both
3: do watch a lot of Christian Slater movies we As do. well you should within the past month I've watched like three or four didn't
2: you say that you actually own more movies by Christian Slater Average. than by any other actor I think I, I own like
3: you. nine Christian Slater movies well done.
2: All right. So, uh, arrow. we'll talk about uh, what's <laughs> up in the hard. new issue of uh, well, Lamid <laughs> Week here in just a second. We'll also t- uh, uh, have uh, food porn coming up at 7.20. So, speaking of porn, though, so we we're working our way through this list of the 29 most infamous celebrity sex tapes as put together by the Chicago Tribune. So, we're doing like a, a three at a time here, so to speak. So, we've got to number 12 now, which is the Pam and Tommy tape, and that's the one that we were saying that the to me, there are there's three sort of high watermarks. There's the uh, there's the Rob Lowe tape because that was the first, as Tim pointed out, that was the first real famous sex tape with a celebrity of the modern era, and I remember that being a huge deal. Like Nightline talked about that. Was she were, like underage? They, not just she. She and her friend yeah. were underage. It was Rob Lowe and two sixteen year olds. If but I recall. Who wouldn't do Rob Lowe? Well, I don't think doing that Rob Lowe is the issue Nightline. because he so. was because he was like thirty. I don't think it's the who... How
3: how old were they? Were they, like, 17?
2: No, they were both 16. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. It's not who would do Rob Lowe. It's it's pretty iffy. Who would allow themselves to be filmed with two underage girls? And the answer is Rob Lowe. Um, (laughs) Not so bright. The fact that it didn't just completely destroy his career is a credit to, uh, I think, how just diluted down, uh, like, that sort of a scandal was able to, you know, even then, was able to be because there was so much going on. Is it comeback in Tommy Boy really considered you know, a huge.
3: He was in Wayne's World. That's how I first discovered him.
2: Well, and he was also on five seasons of The West Wing. I mean, that's the thing. Oh, never and, mind. You I know, so, about that. So, yeah, that's. I mean, he's back. Rob Lowe is back, baby. So we've got the Pam and Tommy mm. tape at number thirteen because that was the that was the one that was the first big celebrity sex tape of the of the internet era. And then there's, uh, I think, probably Paris Hilton. Um, th- 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 because she was, because Paris Hilton was the first person who I think achieved a lot of her fame because of a sex mm-hmm. tape. Because we all kind of knew who she was, and then yeah, I'd like, never
3: heard of her before then. Creepy eyes.
2: Uh, number fourteen, Jimi Hendrix, and this one sort of had an asterisk next to it because it was never really confirmed that it was him. I should actually say you were talking about how you have Christian Slater films. I have a lot of celebrity sex tapes, including the Jimi Hendrix one, which I've never opened. It's still see it's like a, the DVD is still sealed at home. I've never even opened it. Do you have so. the Screech one at home? Uh, yes, I do. It uh, was a matter of fact uh, number 16 we'll just uh, wrap up this segment by saying uh, number 16 on the list of most infamous celebrity sex tapes yes it's Fred Durst so. they've done you the favor by the way of including a still from all of these like is a non-explicit like still face? it Ooh. is the one where he's turning the camera around and he's giving the camera the look that can only be described as the who the man now dog look So uh, let's talk about gleaming the cube with uh, let's see here this is Eric from the Clack hello Eric from uh, Clackamas what's up uh, I'm. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I, I'm
5: not saying I'm 100 percent right. Um, About. I swear to God, it's, he's writing a BMX in that film.
2: In Gleaming the Cube, Christian Slater, but it's a skateboarding movie.
5: It's both. They've what they've done is they've they've made him the BMX guy, and his buddies are. He's got like a posse of friends who are skateboarders and others that are BMX guys. But the main guy, he's a he's a BMX kid. I, no, because I at, the, at the
3: very beginning of the movie, he's skateboarding, and he grabs onto the back of that car, and he's, like, skateboarding behind it. Yeah, and then he hides in
7: the, the Yakuza guys' b- the back of their car with a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Like I holding remember it. this part. Now, wait a minute. Are you
2: confusing that with Back to the Future, though? No, no. Where he holds onto the back of the vehicle. Uh, Kelly the back and I of both vehicle. can't be
3: confusing it. No, 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 he, because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's following this car because he sees like them kidnap his brother or something. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. got the yeah. Vietnamese and stepbrother. And he crouches down yeah. and he's Excuse hanging on the, and the bumper. Yeah. And this, this is, is uh,
5: the kids listening to the bad uh, Japanese music. And this is, and is more
2: that. time than anybody has ever spent. The studio didn't spend this long talking about gleaming to the, cube, the cube before they released parking,
7: it. And then the whole parking garage scene is all on skateboards, right?
2: No. Oh. See, now it's... Eric, all you've done is you've just muddied the waters of oh. of clarity now. It's
7: going to bother me until we watch Gleaming the Cube.
2: Hi, you're uh, okay. on the uh, Rick Emerson show, sir. Madam, as the case may be, uh, who, might, uh, who might I be speaking with? This is uh, Kevin from... Did that sound profane to you, Sarah? Yes. <laughs> that sounded... All right. So-
5: trying to clear it up as much as possible. Inappropriate. That could be like picking your nose. But uh- All right.
2: Well, let's, so, uh, but the, but let's also establish here, by the way, that Wikipedia says that there is, in fact, no meaning. Somebody just sent me the link here, and Wikipedia claims Gleaming the Cube means nothing. It actually has no meaning at all.
3: Well, everything has to mean
2: something. All right. I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Hey, uh, so we have food porn coming up here in a moment. We should talk about uh, also when we return, we'll talk about what's in the new issue of the Willamette, because I think one of them. If I'm correct, I think one of the stories you're talking about is something that Tim talked about earlier, which is this business of Randy Leonard
7: yeah, trying is... to
2: stamp out the petitioned guys on I'm, Hawthorne.
7: Yeah, I'm very split on
2: this. All right. You stay there. We come back we'll talk to Kelly Clark about the new issue of the Willamette, and we'll find out what she has for food porn this week at 8 o'clock, seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roop, and another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard, and you'll be listening for Tim Riley reciting cult lyrics as well. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. This is the Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101, KUFO.
4: Well, shake it up. You're to blame. Got me swaying, little honey. My heart's a ball of burning flame. Oh, yes it is. Trancing like a cat on a hot tin shack. Lord have mercy. Come on, little sister. Come on in, shake it. I'm Tim Riley for Rock 101 KUFO. Call now.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave him. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
2: It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 8 o'clock, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Well, another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Oh, and apparently, uh, this is another thing that happened in New York. I don't know if anybody else talked about this. Uh, Apparently, Lady Gaga is a transvestite. No, 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 not transvestite. Hermaphrodite. Sorry. I'm getting my ites mixed up.
3: Oh, we never, like, really fully finished uh, our New York stories. And I didn't get to tell the story of before I left when um, some guy was holding my friend uh, Heather's phone hostage and we had to go downtown, like, Reservoir Dog style and get it back from him.
2: I'm not hanging out with you anymore because weird things <laughs> happen to you. We're here with uh, Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week. Hello, Kelly Clark. Hey there. All right. So, the, what is the deal with Randy Leonard and the, the Clipboard Brigade, uh, like the Save the Whales guys?
7: He's on the warpath again. He has asked the city. Uh, yeah, he's asked the city to search out ways that they can, uh, you know, sort of regulate the activities of people who aggressively solicit money, which is Greenpeace and panhandlers and girl scouts it is so
3: frustrating yeah and so
7: basically what they're trying to do is figure out if there's a way to do it legally that doesn't sort of you know trample all over
3: people's you know free speech rights
2: well don't they have the whole i mean i guess it's not
3: aggressive too
2: sometimes Uh, yeah and i mean
7: and that's kind of what they're talking about is uh, he's asked the city lawyer to see if there's a way to do it that's not going to trample on anybody's rights it could be a very very narrow ordinance that is a set of rules that's like you cannot aggressively solicit you cannot do a b and c uh, and if you do, you know, to solicit money, then you can be arrested. But right now, I mean, uh, the ACLU How about a panhandlers
4: corral. Well,
7: a panhandlers corral. Uh, but, but, but right this, now, the ACLU is like basically, you know, we don't see any way that you are going to it just to do be this. to
2: solicit money. Or if it was like, if what if they're just trying to get signatures for stuff.
7: Because uh, the I,
2: signature people, I mean, for some, like the signature people, I find to actually be way more obnoxious about it. Yeah,
7: exactly. And this is all up in there now. This is something that uh, we just found out about that it's still in the planning stage. I mean, it's like literally in the brainstorming stage. It's just Randy's new thing. Like, this is his new crusade, which a lot of people, I mean, we've gotten a ton, ton of comments pro and con already about this would be the best thing in the world I want all these people gone and it's the and it's the solicitors it's it's the Greenpeace people it's the signature gatherers that are really annoying people not even really the homeless panhandlers no like, I think the guy with the dog who wants the change apparently we're able to ignore but the Greenpeace guy that steps in front of you and tries to shake your hand and it all's creepy and it looks like he's sort of clinging you know like on you
2: I, that's I know exactly why people. it is it's because the homeless guy the homeless. Here's the thing about being homeless. When you're homeless, I think you have a pretty good sense of your place in the social pecking order, and you know what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. The homeless guy knows if he gets too aggressive or asks you one too many times, he's going to end up in the back of a squad car being beaten. Sure. Uh, you know he's. And, you know, whereas you know, like some idiot from Reed College, uh, you know, just has you know. In my experience, most of the people who are asking you to help save something, preserve something, they're asking you to you know, to help something that is endangered, something that sure. might be endangered, or if they're asking you to donate money to any sort of political cause, it's always somebody with a massive sense of entitlement that feels like they can just <laughs> block you every time you try to get by them. And they will ask you multiple times. Yeah. I've gone up and down Hawthorne and been asked by the same person mm-hmm. like three times over the course of about 40 minutes.
3: I, what, what, is your, what is your standard uh, thing that you say to them?
2: I typically just brush them off. I I I've stopped uh, engaging them except I did I was downtown uh maybe uh, I don't know a few weeks ago and I and I and I I used to be really bad. I used to pick fights with people like that all the time when I was much younger. I used to just go out of my way just to, I used to be really 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 confrontational with with people like that and I and I I got past it in my mid 20s. But I was downtown, and, and this is—I was telling this story earlier. Mm-hmm. When the, the woman comes up and she says, um, "Would you like to help save the whales?" and I thought she was pulling my leg because "save the whales" is such a cliche phrase. I thought she was like a like a meta sort of a thing, and I said, "I said that's funny. What are you what are you really doing?" And she said, "No, no, no. I really I want to help to save the whales." And I looked, and she was from Greenpeace, and it was <laughs> literally a thing that said "save the whales," and so I. And here's the thing about hippies. Here's the thing about it's not even so much hippies. Here's the thing about like about like really, really militant liberals. There's no bigger way to offend a really extreme liberal than to imply that they might be religious in some way. Because they don't want to be, or it's more specifically to imply that they might be Christian. Because, you know, sure. that, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you know somebody that's just on like some big crystal gazing nitwit liberal, they're fine being religious as long as it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. You know, if, uh, you know, if, it's, a, if it's like a religion from far away that like their then parents okay. would never have practiced, then they're fine with that. Mm-hmm. But if you imply that they might be Christian, then they get all offended. So that's the easiest way to annoy somebody from, again, like Reed College. And so... Good the woman know. the well and so here here was my method is she said would you like to help save the whales and i said um, you know what, what do you mean she goes well whales are endangered and this is you know and i said and i got this look on my face of sort of faux concern and i said well i'm sorry are you a, are you a creationist and she said what what do you mean and i said are you a creationist ma'am and she said absolutely not and i said okay so you do you do then embrace the theory of you do embrace the theory of evolution and natural selection. And she said, yes. And I said, well, there you go. So this is natural selection in action. You know, the whales will either make it or they won't. And they'll be replaced by something stronger. Don't you agree that that is how, uh, you know, the world has evolved? Not through, you know, creationism. And she kind of looked at me. And at that point, her assistant who was there kind of stepped in and literally put her hand out at me and said, it's OK, you can go at me.
7: Rick Emerson. That's amazing. Making militant
2: liberals cry. No, and the thing is, it was great because I did it without shouting. Uh, I did it without (laughs) raising my voice. I just arched an eyebrow, Stephen Colbert style, and I said, you're not a creationist, are you? And so, you know, as
3: I always just just say, this is, I'm like, you know, this is my neighborhood. I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. Leave me alone.
7: See, I preempt them. If I see them hassling somebody else, I walk, as I walk, I put my hand out I say, hi, how are you doing? Have a great day. Bye. By that point, they can't do anything. You've already, you You've already short-circuited them. I'll just start
3: walking and go, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like I see them coming up Oh, me. no. I I'll... smile,
7: I make eye contact, and I freak them out.
2: I it's used to really do this easy. thing of, like, when the gutter punks would sit there and you can tell that they're going to put their hands out, I would preemptively ask them for money. Um, I would just sort of, you <laughs> know, would be like some idiot with green hair sitting downtown by, uh, you know, by the Starbucks, you know, Pioneer Courthouse Square, and I'd walk by and I'd go, hey, do you have some spare change? And it was like you could see the gears in their head kind of go <clears throat> and lock up, and they, they just couldn't process it. So.
7: I find compliments work well. I like your dog that's a I, great, like your, I like your jacket. I
2: like that piece of frayed twine you're using to keep that animal exactly. imprisoned. Well done.
7: Uh-huh. The other thing he, is... They don't know what to, yeah.
2: Well, we've also... Sarah and I have talked about when you go to Lloyd Center, you're walking by those kiosks and there's always like oh. the people who are like, you know, they're, they're, it's like proactive or it's like a hat stitching thing or it's like a, can I put your name on a P or whatever? And, you know, they always to like, hey, ma'am, do you have some time to... You know, and they want to flag you down. <laughs> And so my thing is always to respond with what Tony Robbins would call uh, the pattern interrupt, which is the which is the non-related phrase. It's like a non sequitur. And so uh, if you walk by, I think it is it was like a cell phone kiosk or something in the middle of Lloyd Center. Mm-hmm. And their stock thing was to go like, hey, can I ask you a question, sir? Because human nature is that you want to be polite and you go, uh, yeah. And then they go, you know, how much are you paying for your cell phone? And then they've sure. engaged. Then, then it's like you're in then you're in the Roach Motel. You're stuck in the, you know, in the maple and you can't get out. So my thing is when I'm at Lloyd Center and they say, "Can I ask you a question?" I always just say, "If it's about waffles." And then <laughs> it stuns them just long enough that you can turn and get away. And by the time they've managed to engage their brain again, it's like you're already down at like, uh, you know, you're down at Claire's Boutique or something. I think
7: you should teach a course in this. I think you should help Randy Leonard. <laughs> I Maybe th- there's a way to do this without codifying it into law. Maybe you just need to teach like a an aggressive panhandling, uh, you know... It'd be like those self-defense videos, yeah, but it would like self- be like verbal <laughs> self-defense. Verbal self-defense. <laughs> right.
3: we have to like, go to Lloyd Center, is- you know, with your recorder. With and- my
2: little, uh, with my video yes, camera? Yes, and
3: uh, come up with the best way to kind of deflect... Those questions.
2: I saw a guy actually. That um, way, free
3: speech
7: won't be trampled. Everybody can be happy, mm-hmm. and you can be mean to liberals
2: because you've seen people just sort of get waylaid by those. You know, yep. when they walk, like when they walk by the Scientology booth, and, would you like to hold these pan cans, sir? You know, and it's like immediately, <laughs> you know, and they just, and the next thing you know, it's like some poor souls just sucked in there, like into a Venus flytrap. So. All right. Well, now we're, now we're all behind the guys. But
3: this guess. has been relatable. We all have to deal with that.
2: Hey, everybody walks on sidewalks, don't they? Hey, oh, hey, oh. hey. Oh. oh the guilt. People need to quiet down about free speech. That's right, Tim Riley. <laughs> you know, that's a Doesn't statement. Now that I think about it, that's like an Escher painting of a statement right there. I don't even know how I feel about that. It
3: makes my head hurt.
2: Wow. I'm like in a weird fun house. I'm in a weird fun house mirror room of thought. All right. Uh, straight ahead, I swear to God, we'll talk about food for when we get back. And oh, Tim right. Riley has news for you. Coming up at 8 o'clock, it is seen a radio correspondent, Jim Roop and another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. On the way, plus uh, we are counting down the most notorious celebrity sex tape of all time. So if that doesn't keep you listening, I guess I have to come to your house and start giving you like a back rub in $10. All right. Straight ahead, we will uh, continue. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. Don't go anywhere.
1: This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO putting the cult in pop culture. Greetings, Optimus Prime! I
5: am
6: Megachest! The Rick Emerson Show returns.
2: It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. In mere moments, we'll have Tim Riley at the news desk. We're here with Kelly Clark from the uh, a Week. Hey there. All right, let me uh, prepare our music for this week's installment of food porn. Did you
3: bring food with you?
2: Yeah, you got to start bringing examples yeah, of your food porn.
7: Because it's, so it's so easy to get hot food at, you know, five forty five. You know, if morning. you really
2: cared, if you wanted to go the extra uh, the mile.
7: You're right. That's to, my top priority. It's quit being easy.
2: an Americant, Kelly. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Without the. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, well, I'm a week's Kelly Clark and food porn.
7: Today I want to talk about a guilty pleasure, and one of the deepest guilty pleasures I have are shaken McNuggets from McDonald's, but I have found something better. I have found pig nuggets. I have found wild boar poppers at Guilt Club downtown. This would be slow-roasted pulled wild boar pork wrapped up in crispy crumbs and deep fried and then slathered in a black pepper orange marmalade jelly gooey sauce. So you take and you slather it through the sloss and you pop the entire salty ball in your mouth and it is a happy hot crunchy gooey salty explosion. It's kind of the best thing ever. It's like high class trash.
2: There's not the enough things that are slathered in this world.
7: No, and these are slathered in the, slathered in this like neon orange kind of goo and instead of it being the unidentifiable unide- excuse me unidentifiable meat of the nugget it's uh like a pulled pork and so it's sort of you know it's got this really good texture and uh guilt club they have a new chef and they started uh making them i think just a couple weeks ago maybe less than a month ago and so you can get a plate of them for seven bucks and uh just go to town so it's like you're at mcdonald's except you're at a really sexy little watt downtown with big red leather booths and you can drink you know a grilled peach infused bourbon cocktail (laughs)
2: see now, not everybody everybody a wants to the to eat and everybody wants to get drunk uh, yeah now, and it's so, not even I eight mean- o'clock.
7: If McDonald's allowed me to drink bourbon at the same time, maybe, you know, I could come out swinging <laughs> for them. But until then, it's going to be all about Guild Club and their wild boar poppers. Excellent.
2: Fantastic. And I'm a big proponent of neon food, by the way. Uh, all my favorite foods glow in one form or I'll another. I'll
7: try to bring you guys neon food next time. Oh, really? Thank you. Orange chicken.
2: All right. Reader in print of the Willamette <laughs> Week online at wweek.com with W-week. food porn. <laughs> Kelly Clark. Thank you, Kelly Clark.
7: Thanks as always.
2: At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. you. Okay the news with tim Riley. good morning everyone from the
4: kufo news center downtown portland 747 now you can expect temperatures to drop back into the high 70s today barrels of explosives have been found at the home of a suicidal silverton woman cops think it could have been used to make bombs or fireworks and both area residents were evacuated the suicidal woman was sentimental authorities to deal with an off-duty Salem firefighter saves a life at the Salem Olive Garden this after a patron began choking on his chicken. Employees pleaded for help, and Luis Mota quickly obliged, saving the elderly wheelchair choker using the Heimlich maneuver.
2: He was, he was, he was choking on on what? His chicken. Okay. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen.
4: There's an internet detox center opening in Seattle. It's the first of its kind of the U.S. It opened its doors in a tranquil five-hour spread just miles away from Microsoft headquarters. This is a 45-day program. It costs $14,500. It's designed specifically to help Internet and video game addicts overcome their dependence on gaming, gambling, chatting, texting, and other aspects of the Internet.
2: It may work, or maybe it won't work. And this is outside of Redmond? Redmond. Yes. I think they had that thing. I think it was, uh, it was like Japan or something where they were, they, they had the first international center for internet, uh, addiction. And you would see these, and they, online, you would see these testimonials from people who say that they had, like, said it for, you know, four days in a row or something. And it all, and it all started with that, uh, what's it, that EverQuest, uh, game that came out in, like, 94, 95. Like, that was the first thing that really, that really triggered, uh, a lot of this. I don't have time to do this now, but at some point, remind me to tell you, I'll just, Speaking of, of dependencies, it remind me to tell you about the, the time not too long ago when I found myself uh, eating fast food across from somebody who then revealed that they were in a 12-step program for compulsive eating. That was awkward. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Levi Johnson's mom, Sherry, could get three years in
4: prison for trying to sell the painkiller OxyContin. She's charged with one kind of possession with intent to deliver this prescription painkiller.
2: All right. Coming up at uh, 8 o'clock uh, straight up, we have uh, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Also another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. And oh, more you news. this is a good one, too. It well, it's good in the sense that... You didn't
3: let me listen to it because somebody had sent it to me and you made me stop.
2: And I heard you start to play and I was like, <laughs> you have to
3: stop listening to that
2: now! Uh, because I wanted to be the one to sort of torment you with it. I, There's different kinds of worst songs ever. There's the songs that are unintentionally bad, where somebody thinks they've recorded a masterpiece and then it's crap. And then there's songs that you're not really sure sort of what the goal was. Like, you don't really know what, what the end game was that they had in mind. But the song is notably bad. For some other kind of reason, or because of the sort of worm like ability that it has just to lodge itself in your brain. Like the, uh, like that leak song that we used to play years ago, the girl with the spinning leak, the Swedish the leak. song, or whatever the hell. So, this What's... is sort of like that. This is more in that category. Oh, God, it's is stuck
3: in my head for yes. weeks.
2: Yes, it's been stuck in my head all morning, so I'm not going to suffer alone. Uh, so that is all coming up. Uh, we'll uh, talk to uh, Jim Roop from Cena Radio Los Angeles next. He'll talk to us about all this uh, new in the world of Michael Jackson and so forth. Stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. The Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO at 503-228-4101, sometime this hour. Sometime before 9 o'clock, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock, the Pedal to the Metal Tour starring uh, Mudvayne, Black Label Society, Static X, and more. It happens Sunday, August 23rd, Washington County Fairplex. You can find that more details at KUFO.com, and at some point this hour, uh, we will give away a pair of those tickets. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following for the people of Portland today?
4: Why, they are vast and many, let me tell you. Uh, Ted Kennedy wants uh, people to hurry up and replace him, even though he's still alive. And we have some tips for kids going back to school from people who know. And we're going to hear some nasty phone calls from a New York debt collector.
2: Excellent. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent and stylish man of the world, James Roop. Good morning, sir. How are you?
6: And a very good morning to you. I'm fine. Thank you.
2: Uh, have we spoken since, uh, since we got back from New York? The whole week is just a blur. I don't know if we've talked this week already or not.
6: I believe
2: we spoke Monday. Yeah, maybe Monday is all. I think that was the day I'd been up for like thirty hours, which I know to you is is nothing. That's just a drop in the bucket. Uh, in you know, can I just say this? So I, I, when we went to New York, we uh, went to CNN and Castenbaum and gave us the kind of you know gave us the tour of the whole joint, and we saw where he does his uh, reports or whatever. And uh, and it, I was saying something about. I don't. Know, I was. I was. I yawned, or I said I was tired, or I had jet lag, or whatever, and then actually prompted this whole monologue from him about uh you know, about you wouldn't last a week in Jim Roop's shoes. That guy doesn't sleep. He's a news cyborg. So that's uh, you. You have set the gold standard for uh, news-based sleep deprivation, sir. I'll tell him to shut up. <laughs> See, that's the sort of that's the that's the sort of curmudgeonly wit uh, that endears you to the people. Have of you Portland. met him before, Jim? No.
3: Oh, yeah, no, no never
2: met him. It's, I have to tell you the, the one thing about that is they've got an HD uh, camera in there with him because occasionally you know they'll they'll uh, you know they have him do something on on, on TV or the stream of the web or whatever. And so they've got this HD camera which I think can be remotely operated by like the guys in Atlanta. I think the guys in Atlanta could probably uh, I think the guys in Atlanta could probably turn my car on in the morning if they wanted to. They seem <laughs> to be wired into everything. It's all very disconcerting. Hey, uh, so I lose track of all the doctors in this Jackson story because I heard something this morning where they said that the, the LA coroner was going to pay another visit to Jackson's doctor, and I assumed it was the cardiologist guy, but it's not. It's a dermatologist, right? Yeah,
6: it's uh, it's it's the dermatologist who was uh, Debbie Rose former employer. That's where Michael J- uh, Michael Jackson met uh, Debbie Rowe. But it was just a quick visit, about 90 minutes. Uh, the coroner's investigator never really met with Dr. Arnold Klein is his name. Um, just needed some information. They cooperated, he said, and that was it. Now, the odd thing about that is the investigation, we're told by the coroner's investigator, is complete. They just wanted some more information to corroborate, I guess, whatever it is they do have. They've not released any information on the cause of death. Uh, they're waiting until the police con- um, complete their investigation, so we still don't know anything.
2: And they've, uh, they've, yeah, they've delayed all of that stuff. I mean, sort yeah. of indefinitely. The thing about Debbie Rowe is, he, she was the nurse for this dermatologist, and she's the one who ended up having Jackson's kids. And I have, have we ever heard exactly how that, how, you know, in other words, how they got from point A to point Z there? I mean, that he walks in and there's this. I mean I'm not saying she's an unattractive woman but I for you someone to say that I mean I, she just she looks she looks like a really bulky owl to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like a big square head and like a pointy nose and then set on top of like a like a kind of a squat trunk of a body and just the, Michael Jackson to put it mildly was very uh, appearance conscious. I mean that was a guy who cared a lot about the way he looked in his own image and so you got to figure that you know, he had a pretty keen eye, at least in some, some sense, about what looked good. I just don't know who looks at Debbie Rowe and says, that's exactly what I want half of my children to look like.
6: Well, I don't think any half of his children look like her. I think that's one of the big controversies that's going on right now, is that no one's really 100% sure. I don't know that any actual DNA tests were, were, were conducted, or maybe they were, but uh, they don't look like... Debbie Rowe at all, at least from what I've seen.
2: Have you heard this story that it was sort of going around, which is, I, I mean, I instinctively believe it, but of, but of course it doesn't necessarily mean it's true, that Michael Jackson just uh, absolutely, totally had no nose. It was just like, it was, what was that, the isn't that the deal, Sarah, that they were saying it was a, like a full-on prosthetic nose? Yeah, they nose. said
3: that he had like a bunch of prosthetic noses that he'd wear. That yeah, I've, was...
6: I've heard that before, too. I mean, well, I remember several times when he would come to court during the uh, molestation trial wearing... Um, a surgical mask, right? You know, and a lot of people said it's because the, you know, he had a bad nose day.
2: Yeah, you know? <laughs> a bad
6: nose day. It just didn't get on there right. You know, <laughs> it, it's like well, the it's adhesive. A a better term. I don't know what else to call it.
2: Well, like maybe it's a hot day, and so the glue slips a little bit, and it just sort of shifts down under the
6: left. Yeah, it, you know, who knows why? Maybe he was in a rush and just couldn't pick the right one for that day. You know, I don't know. I Sometimes just don't know which man. one to put
2: on. Sometimes
6: you just don't get the part right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and so you just put a hat on. <laughs> you just so uh he just put a hat on his face
2: kind of thing. He put a hat on his nose. Yeah. Uh I don't really know that I can top that except to say that th- th- that then led us to the theory that if they're doing CPR, I mean if you, how do you do CPR on a guy nose? no nose? I mean, I know, it, can
6: you imagine pushing on a chest and the nose pops out?
2: is <laughs> sort of like Woo! the cork the cork coming out of a wine bottle over and over exactly again. It. It'd be like that Benny Hill uh, it'd be like that Benny Hill <laughs> sketch where the light bulb keeps <laughs> popping out of the lamp. Good God Almighty! I can't top that. Right. It's just—it's—it's—it's
6: it's, it's such an odd thing, you know. And I, you know, it, it seems a little—you know—morbid to be joking about him, you know, because he's dead and all that stuff. But I, I think we're all tired of hearing about it. we are all t- we all—we're—we're as tired of uh, all this Michael Jackson stuff, I think, as we were of O.J. Simpson at some point, you know.
2: I think that's the well. That's—you'll notice. I mean, one of my constant sources of fascination is not just the O.J. trial, but America's. Sort of thoughts and reactions to the OJ trial, and it is interesting to me that for what is by any standard the single biggest trial of the entire century, and and you know and and everybody kind of has quit caring about it, which is bizarre. I mean, I understand why. It's just I think it's you know it's like when your dad locks you in a, in a closet with a pack of smokes or a carton of smokes, yeah. And you come out and you're like, I, I just don't ever want to see another one of those ever. It's like how Sarah can't drink night train to this day. Oh. Because she had this whole incident no. with some night train <laughs> when wine. I was
3: Sixteen, I mean, twenty-one.
2: Uh, and so, yeah, she can't even smell night train wine anymore uh, because she's just overdosed. And that's how we are with something like the OJ trial. I mean, you gotta, uh, you, you know, you. I mean, I remember when this happened. You and I talked about this. I mean, OJ effectively wrote a book talking about how. I mean, it's called How I Did It. Yeah. And you know, and yet everybody kind of went, oh, "That's interesting," and then they went back to doing whatever they were doing because they're it, just so it, full. It,
6: it, the The Simpson trial, that murder trial, was you know i mean it, it it was a trial of the centuries the it was the largest covered trial ever uh but it it doesn't have the legs that the Manson trial right, had. Right, right. I mean, you know, we just passed the 40th anniversary of, of the Taylor Bianca murders, and so that's why that's in my head. And I was thinking, man, that that was a huge trial at the time. It is still a huge trial, not as big as far as media coverage goes as Simpson, but it has longer legs than the Simpson trial. Uh, so I, I think, you know, Simpson is taking a backseat. Well, so, we, it's because we got force-fed.
2: I mean, that's the thing. Even if you wanted to get away from it, you couldn't. That's True. Same thing with Michael Jackson. Even if you want to get away from, you know, on every every channel, everywhere. Hey, speaking of uh, Manson, I meant to ask you this. When does, what's her name, Squeaky From, get out? Oh, she's out. She's out? I thought it was this week. I missed it.
6: No, it was last week. She was released last week.
2: Oh, see, this is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going on vacation again. I go on vacation. I, I went off the air. Five hours, John Hughes died. And then what's her name? Eunice Shriver Kennedy died. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, who else? Les Paul died. Mm-hmm. It was squeaky from... Every... It, all the stories, have, you know, happened... Uh, I was busy. ...while I was out of town. Yes. Yeah. Tim was here holding down the fort. You were getting your Roop on. You were here working. I was. <laughs> Day and night. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, I was missing everything. So what is, where is... she? Where is she at? What is she doing?
6: Well, she was... Was at uh, the some uh, prison medical facility in Texas, and we don't know why she was there. But I think she's 60 now. She was 26 right. when she pointed that gun at President Ford. Yeah, uh, boy, I remember that. Clearly, that that whole day, oh, yeah. as, he, as he's walking to the state capitol, I mean, I was living in Ohio, and I can't. I'll never. I'll never forget the footage. Um, and then she just kind of sneaks through the crowd, starts to raise that gun, and Secret Service just pounces on it, grab her hand. You know, yeah. I mean, it was it was a it was a cool thing.
2: And I think didn't it actually come out later? The gun wasn't even loaded.
6: Well, it, from what I remember, the uh, the Secret Service said, even though she said she took the, the bullet out of the chamber, before she crossed the street to go over there there were four bullets in the clip oh, okay. it was a, a, a semi automatic
2: yeah I mean she's I mean she 's clearly I mean like cracked in, in just the deepest way so where does I mean where you 're squeaky from you get parole when you're sixty like where do you go I
6: mean it's well, not like you know I, my question I, I was trying to get a hold of somebody because I wanted to ask if she was going to try and get go to see Charles Manson. Manson right right you know um, and I don 't think anybody asked her that question but I don 't know that we've had access to her yet either because I still don 't know why she was in that Medical facility, but I've had you know several calls and emails to authorities, both in Texas and the California corrections people, to find out how I can request at least some information.
2: Yeah, well, you know, when she busted out of prison in '87 or whatever, it was to try to go see Manson. So clearly, she's a little bit of a little bit of a one track mind in that girl.
6: Well, she's always talked about how you know she fell she fell in love with him every day, even when she was in prison. You know, I mean that he was such a, a force. I mean, this guy's five foot nothing, but he had this. Presence about him that was—I mean—it's it, it, like they were—they were slaves to that guy.
2: No chicks. Uh, I mean, there's just no getting around it. Chicks
6: dig the short guy. Chick,
2: Chicks—that well, is true. And and Charles Manson. Nothing wrong with short guys. That's thank right, you, Tim. Very thank you. Excellent. All right, my friend, as well, always. Everybody I'm under sure. five seven. I thank you. Represent. All right. Have a, a fantastic day, Jim Rupp. We will talk Mark. to you soon. There you go. That's uh, Jim Rupp in Los Angeles. All right. Uh, straight ahead. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit of this. Uh, Lady Gaga might be a hermaphrodite story. And how weird that she actually took the time to deny it. And
4: we have uh, breaking news on that uh, missing reality show guy who allegedly is wanted for murdering his ex-wife. Breaking news from Como Television.
2: All right, so that breaking news will be next uh, at this uh, very moment in time. If you are caller 10 at 503-503. 228-4101. You're going to win yourself a pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock. Pedal to the Metal Tour starring Mudvayne, Black Label Society, Static X, and more. That happens Sunday, August 23rd. You can find out more details at KUFO.com. And if you're color 10 right now, you win those tickets at 503-228-4101. We are live from Portland. This
5: is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call
4: 503-228-4101.
2: Stick a bastard in it, you crap!
4: The Rick Emerson Show returns!
2: It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. In mere moments, we'll have another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. And uh, I'll uh, I'll read this uh, story about Lady Gaga. And uh And the penis. They're calling it a bulge, and it's not so much a bulge as it is a thing that looks a lot like a penis. Does it
3: really look like a penis?
2: Have you seen? You haven't seen it? Oh, I'll send you the link. It's, okay. It's uh, it's disturbing. I want to read this. This comes to us from Daniel. I'll just use his uh, his first name here. So Daniel is emailing us from Iraq, and I'm looking at the um, I'm looking at the email address, and I can I can tell that this is a uh, you know it's the it's the the, the real deal. It says uh, Rick, that main Iraq bomb yesterday went off less than three blocks from the compound where I work. It really shook us. It uh, blew down some garage doors, blew out windows, and knocked down all of our ceiling tiles, as well as anything hanging on the walls, like clocks and picture frames. I was standing there talking to a major, and it knocked him down onto the ground. Uh, wow. Are my... 101 people are killed in that. 500 injured. Yeah, and he says, uh, are my, oh my God. are my emails making it to you, Dan? So uh, I don't know if you're hearing this live or if you're hearing this via podcast, uh, Dan, but the, I did get your email. Uh, so, I mean, I... I mean, it's just uh, that's uh, yeah something I can't even comprehend. So um, anyway, we'll see. It, it
4: was targeted at the foreign ministry, shattering the facade and charring uh, charring dozens of cars in the parking lot. At least sixty five people were killed there, four hundred eleven wounded in the attack. This was uh, inside the adjacent green zone.
2: And he he references the, the building, and it, it's it's a long sort of acronym or whatever, and I don't I don't know what it means. But um, anyway, so he yeah he says that it knocked a guy onto the ground and it knocked out all the ceiling tiles and the windows. I can't even I, see. That's the thing I can't even fathom. I just can't. I can't even conceive it. I can't even wrap my brain around that. So, uh, uh, Dan, you and everybody else are So, uh, so stay safe. And uh, yeah, your email did uh, did make it this way. Wow. All right. Uh, there's nothing to lift the mood like a hermaphrodite story. Uh, let me just uh, read this. So, uh, Dan, listen to this and let your heart sing for a moment. It says for nearly a month now, after photos of her performance at the Glastonbury Festival supposedly revealed, they don't supposedly reveal a mysterious below-the-belt bulge. A, it's not a bulge. It's a thing that looks like a penis. And they don't supposedly reveal it. Like I've seen, I spent a really long time. Is
3: it just time, one picture or is it multiple? pictures? It's a pictures? video.
2: It's a video of watching. And
3: that seems like she's such an attention whore. Like that seems like something that she would do for attention, especially since she walks around wearing leotards all the time. That would have been noticed before.
2: I mean, it makes it sound like I'm really into hermaphroditic porn, which I'm not. But I spend a lot of time looking at it because I'm trying to figure out, well, like, what oh, would that be? Because it's she's basically she's wearing um uh. It's not a skirt. I think it's like, you know, it's like really short shorts or something. And she's she's like straddling a motor. She's on stage straddling a motorcycle, Lady Gaga, and then she's singing, and she gets off the motorcycle, and she, you know, she does it by throwing one leg over, you know, the other, side. and then as she's getting back on her feet on the stage, you get a shot, you know, the upskirt, except it's up the shorts. You, you the shorts. You get the the up short shot of her. So you can see the Lady Gaga. Yes, you can, Tim. Well done. And and I don't know. It, it looks like something. I mean, there's. A, did you ever see? But it's it like, looks like something. But you, I mean, it looks like something that I can't necessarily identify unless things have shifted in some weird way. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Like occasionally, you'll see a photo of somebody. Like um, here's the like like uh, Laura and I were on the uh, when we were on the subway. There was some ad for something or other, and and the ad is like um you know the ad is is like it's like a guy in a swimming pool or whatever, and he and it was an ad for like an insurance company or something. But the guy in the swimming pool, he's just leaning back against the tile, and he's saying, like, I'm glad my insurance company's got me covered so I can relax. But we kept being distracted by the fact that if you looked at the photo, it was like he had two armpits. And clearly it was like a shadow or something, but, like, under his right arm, the way the photograph had been taken, it was just at the wrong angle, and it looked like he had two separate armpits under his right arm. And I know he didn't. It was just a trick of lighting or something. But it just looked weird. So there's something going on in this Lady Gaga video where it looks... Are you watching the video? Do you, have no, you seen it? No, no.
3: But uh, Nibbler was just telling me he has a drop from Lady Gaga.
2: Oh, I yeah. No, it. I've got it right here, as a okay. matter of fact. This uh, right here.
4: Hi, it's your girl Lady Gaga, and you're hanging out with me and Nibbler.
2: Why does that exist, Greg? <laughs> why do you Why do you have that? Well, I did work for another radio station in which oh, uh, that's I right. quite a bit of Lady Gaga. So, she, yeah, I actually met her. She was in studio. What did so,
3: she look like in person?
2: Uh, Short. I mean, she was, you know, she was pretty hot. Now I know I feel weird saying that, knowing what with the penis. What I know and now, all. yeah, with I with the penis? Although, but I mean, you know, yeah, she was hot. All right, I'm gonna find the. I don't the, think uh, she has a penis. I are you now? Have you seen the uh, the video that I'm talking about? No, I got it right I think, here. But
3: she seems like she would stuff.
2: But no, but see, it's not. It's not a bulge. It's not covered. Is what I'm saying. It's oh. not. Oh, it's a skin. That's what I'm saying. It's skin. Oh,
4: it's okay. like a, a brush sticking out of her pocket. No, no, no. That, yeah, that's the thing. I don't
2: mean it's like Did she you has you send a, it to me? Uh, I have it over here. It's probably going to be easier if I just... But I'm going to have to let it buffer. It's, it's, a, it's a long video and it happens about halfway through. So I'll let this buffer and then I'll post it. Yeah, I don't mean like she has a sock in there.
3: Oh, okay. see. So I was thinking that like someone just saw a bump in her no, 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 spandex no, no. or something.
2: I, I mean like at one point the shorts get pulled aside when she's getting off the motorcycle and you can see right up there. And you see something and you're like, "What? What is? wow, what is that?
3: Well, while Buffers, do you want to play the worst song ever? I yes, really, really
2: yes play. I do. So what we'll do is uh, we will go into this break with the worst song you've ever heard. And uh, on the other side I'll have this Lady Gaga video and I'll post it on my website as well. And we'll have news from Tim Riley. So I want to thank uh, Chris Paddock for sending this along. Many, many, many other people sent this to me. But to his, I guess, horrible credit, he was the first one to send this. He's always on the uh, on the lookout for, for such things. This is, uh, I don't even know the name of the artist is the thing. It's some... They're from Europe. I mean, really, what else? What else do you think, know? though? They're socialists. Though. That's 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 right, Tim. That explains the horror of the song. Um, so it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know why this song exists. I don't know. I don't know why somebody decided to record it. I don't know why it has to. Why, as um, as uh, as Lovecraft would say, it is. It is sort of the thing that should not be. Um, but it is the worst song you've ever heard. Let me, um, see if I can get it queued up here. Am I seeing that? I'm having a real problem with my computer freezing today. Are you it's, having it's an issue with your, too, yes. you're having an issue with your computer sort of, uh, sort of sticking over there?
3: Mine yes. isn't. I think I remember the name of the song. Was it
2: Ding Dong? Yeah. I was because ding my computer is just dong. completely uh, frozen up. So I'm glad that you're going to be able to, uh, D-I-N-G. D- D-I-N-G. You're going to be able to, uh, D-O-N-G. You'll be able you to do it to help. Yeah. Ding yeah.
3: Dong. Rick, what was that uncomfortable thing that you said yesterday?
2: I had written down that I wanted to play the worst song ever, and so the song is called, the name of the song is Ding Dong, and so I had written down as a note to self, I was like, note to self, torment Sarah with Ding Dong, (laughs) which I realized later was maybe not the sort of thing you want written down on a piece of paper that anybody in the office could Uh, be. There uh, are
3: more results for Ding Dong than I've ever that possible I, you know and now i just gunther
2: uh it's entirely possible now see now i feel like this whole thing has just been made out of fail uh because my computer is if, frozen and i can't get it but to why don't we
3: take a break find the ding dong song uh-huh. look at lady gaga's ding dong and then uh,
2: <laughs> wow did you really just say that yes all right. Straight ahead, we will have uh, It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard, If My Computer Decides to Cooperate, and uh, we'll have more news from Tim Riley. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown uh, Portland, Oregon. Coming up, we have Tim Riley at the news desk at 9. It is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. It is Thursday morning. You stay right there.
1: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts. We'd
2: like to glean it from your brain. Your tasty, tasty brain.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns.
2: It's really hard to think today.
1: This is Rock 101 KUFO.
2: It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. 4101. Uh, in just a moment, we will be joined by Tim Riley at the, uh, news desk. We'll have, uh, all things of an informative and amusing nature for you. Uh, also, we will have, uh, it's the worst song you've ever heard in just one second, and I'll be, uh, having Sarah watch this, uh, Lady Gaga video, which I've got queued up. If you want to go to rickemerson.com, right now, if you'd like to, uh, play along, go to rickemerson.com at this very moment, and what you want to do is you, it's safe for work, I mean, more or less, uh, in the sense that it, it's not really like nudity as such; it's just this sort of, it's just this sort of odd thing that you see there. But I will read you just a, the, like the opening sentence here from this article, Sarah, and then I'll have you come over and I'll, uh, Tim, have you seen this video? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have not. All right, so I'll have you come over and, and look at it as well, just so you can all kind of pass your judgment on this. So you go to uh, RickEmerson.com, you want to uh, click on that video, and uh, you go to about the, I don't know about a minute and fifty uh, seconds into it, go to about a minute fifty, and you'll see it's right as she's sort of getting off the motorcycle on stage. Because she's standing on a motorcycle, or she's you know kind of straddling a motorcycle. This
3: is like somebody watching the concert and saw it.
2: Yeah, uh, I, well, this is actually appears to be from from a television broadcast. So I think this is actually something that was on TV, and then uh, somebody said, "Hey, wait a minute, what's that?" So all right, uh, let's see. So Sarah, why don't you come over here and we'll uh, we'll give this a, give this a good watching. So the story is, for nearly a month now, after photos of her mysterious at the Glastonbury Festival supposedly revealed a mysterious below the belt bulge, rumors. I've been swirling around the internet that Lady Gaga is a hermaphrodite. And she actually went so far as to tell the Mirror, which is that uh, you know the London paper, that that was actually not the case. That she is not, in fact, a hermaphrodite. And the the fact that I'm even using that phrase is a little strange. But I will now uh, show, I'm going to have to pot this down because she's it's it's full of profanity. So what's going to happen is here, it, it yeah, it's, it's down and you go to rickemerson.com, you can watch along. It's about a minute 50. She's straddling the motorcycle. She's going to get off the motorcycle and uh, you're going to see, be looking at her. I guess it's our left, but it's her right leg on the inside of her right uh, thigh. Yeah, no, no, no. That's her over here here on the other leg. Yeah. It's going to be on this leg that's our left. All right, so. And wait for it. See what I'm saying right there? Do you see the the thing? Let's see it again. All right, I'm going to back it up one more time. that was just her undergarments. Well, it's possible. I mean, maybe they're flesh-colored undergarments right there. Oh. See, That's that's what I'm saying. What is that?
3: I don't know.
2: That looks like... It doesn't look like anything I can identify right off. All right, one more time here. And so there's Lady make Gaga. Right there.
3: Yeah, can you make it bigger?
2: Uh, Big I Can you it. zoom in? Yeah. Is that like a full screen yeah, thing? All right, okay. So we're going to... All on. We're going to have it fill the screen. Okay, we're watching it now full screen. You can watch along at RickEmerson.com. Oh, wow. See, what is that? There's That's a mysterious something, isn't it? That doesn't look like a, a lady area. I mean, maybe yeah. it does. It's, it's the thing is, it's maybe hard it's to just tell. Maybe it's half a one. It, but it's kind of blurry. That's the other thing. It's a little bit blurry, so it's hard to tell. Maybe it is a lady area, but again, on YouTube, you know, grainy.
3: That looks like it's protruding.
2: That's what I'm talking a about. A
3: little bit. That doesn't look like underwear.
2: So you see what I mean when I say it's not a bulge.
4: What yeah. do her people say?
2: Uh, they claim she's not hermaphrodite, but what else are you gonna say? I mean, like, what what, what, what other option is there? Is like, well, she is. I mean, you can't even if it's true, you can't say it. Anyway, uh, be sure to join us tomorrow, by the way, when our guests uh, will include Sean Kenney from Allison Chains. And I do believe uh, we'll be talking to the one and only Harry Shearer as well. So you want to be listening for that. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley.
4: Good morning from the KUFO News Center Tom Portland, 846 now. Temperatures have dropped back down into the upper 70s today. Well, it looks like he did make it to Canada. Ryan Alexander Jenkins... They thought he was going to go through Washington state. He did. They have found his car and an empty boat trailer and a marina in Blaine once again, they have found his car and an empty boat trailer and a marina in blaine
2: yeah there's i mean the thing is the idea that you can just sort of get away from the man is a, that's a fallacious one. There is no hiding from the man if he wants to find you
4: so they had a report that a man matching his description arrived by boat at point roberts u s territory about ten miles away at the tip of a peninsula reachable by land only from Canada. They believe Jenkins walked across the border to British Columbia. So that is the latest. Well, we have these other stories here. Did you hear about that? Uh, those mean debt collectors in New York City? Oh, they're going to go after them big time after threatening people and being rude on the phone and saying nasty things. Where you at?
1: Dorothy Stop. Gilbert teared up listening to the voicemail left at her home
7: over a $187 bill she'd already paid.
4: You are totally ghetto.
5: Second of all, ma'am, learn English, get an education. Since you're sitting on your fat derriere all day long, making money off the rest of the free working population in the country, you might want to try to get educated enough to at least be able to say payment plan instead of... Payment pan, you uneducated reject.
2: Wow. wow. <laughs> Good God almighty. Well, who can disagree? All right. uh, without uh, further ado, I should torment everybody a little bit uh, with this. So this is what prompted me to write down the note, torment Sarah with ding-dong. The name of the song is ding-dong. I don't know the name of the, uh, the artist. All I know is that they... It, they seem very peppy, and they're obviously European. And that's a thing. That's a thing. I mean, without even knowing anything about them, you can tell. So well, They're
3: peppy and European.
2: This appeared in my uh, in my inbox from Chris Paddock, and the subject line was, the sexiest song you'll hear all week. And then the only note he, he put with it was, I hope this is stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Have fun, Chris Paddock. Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's the worst song you've ever heard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's me. I had it potted down because of Lady Gaga. All right. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, welcome to the, like the next twelve hours of your uh, of no. your life. You are a bad person. You know what? This reminds me of it's that Jesus is a friend of mine song. Jesus, Jesus friend, friend, friend of-, of mine. Jesus, my friend. I heard about four seconds of this, and I turned it off because I could immediately tell it was going to become stuck in my head. It was too late. It was already there.
3: Oh, my God.
2: It's just this. By the way, we got like another minute and a half. Tim, any more news you'd like to share with the people, maybe over this bed?
4: Uh, certainly. Not everyone who passed the silver casket at Trinity Temple Church yesterday morning whispered to each other, As a matter of fact, they whispered, That's not Tex, but the corpse was wearing his blue suit and black boots. The late Tex Roberts, who died of a heart attack, was a jovial mustachioed retired tractor-trailer driver who loved to tell jokes, play cards, and help people. Well, on Monday night, his wife and others went to check the body at James Funeral Home and told a female employee, That is not my husband. But family members said the woman at the South Philadelphia Funeral Home
2: insisted, That's how they look when they die. Are we talking about a a mixed-up corpse while the Ding Dong song plays Uh in the background? I touched him. We kissed him. Some of us thought it was him.
4: While the funeral director, whose name is not available, says, I'm sorry, it was a mix-up. That was one hell of a mix-up. A horrified relatives burst into tears. One of the man's daughters yelled, Go get my father! A grandchild screamed, Where's Pop Pop? They were crying and running around in circles. It was terrible. The Strat historical mortars poured out of the church onto the sidewalk. Everyone was traumatized. One uh, relative had a seizure and had to be rushed to the hospital. Another identified woman had an asthma attack. Meanwhile, the funeral home found Robert's remains and rushed them back to the church. The casket had uh, tilted. Oh, the casket tilted and his leg was hanging out. It was unspeakable. Oh, by the way, uh, Phil Spector is complaining. That the prison he is in is full of lowlife scumbags, gangsters, and Manson types It wants to re- move to a prison that
2: has people just like him. I think we've got a new exciting bit on the horizon. Do we have another awful story that Tim can read over this? Yeah, I mean, nothing is it. really going to top the uh, the switched body and the leg hanging out. We'll look into it tomorrow. Yeah. Let me just leave you with this thought. All right. All right go. And uh, so forth. All right, And... Uh, this is all true. We're going to thank you for joining us today. Seeing uh, radio correspondents, Lisa Desjardins, Jim Roop, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, and, of course, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. We're all part of today's exciting broadcast. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Sean Kinney from Allison in Chains and voice actor and The uh, Simpsons star Harry Shearer, also part of uh, Spinal Tap. We'll be talking about the Unwig tour, which is coming to DVD, ladies and gentlemen. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Derek Stillen for Rock 101, KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phone's Greg Nibbler. The front desk, it's gatekeeper Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from the upstairs. CBS. Wow. I can't even continue. Portland radio marketing guru, Susan Dodef with B. Reynolds, executive producer. Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend, Buzz. And so forth. Uh, my name is Rick Emerson. It is Thursday, August 20th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Hey, this is Rick Emerson, and don't forget, coming up on Friday at 9 a.m., the KUFO half-off sale continues with a certificate to Eagle Landing Golf Course. That's a $50 certificate to enjoy golf. No matter what your level of play, this is the course for you with 27 holes of par-3 executive golf, as well as 36 holes of miniature golf located atop Mount Scott in southeast Portland. On Friday, $50 gift certificates are going to be on sale for only $25 each as part of KUFO.com's half off sale. Again, find that more Friday at 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. But if you are caller 10 now at 503-228-4101, you will win one of those before you can buy it. They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. at KUFO.com.
1: Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.